And three, two, one. All right. And can I just say screw you, Keith, for like <laughs> calling us out on his show? That's some subtweet bullshit right there. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even tag us in the post. <laughs> Adam, are you ready to call this meeting to order? I'm always ready, sir, and so let it be called. Okay, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to start off our meeting before we get into our actual agenda with some advisories. Ooh, this sounds ominous. Dun, dun, dun. No, it's not ominous at all, but it is important information that we need to share with the listener. Oh, okay. So now you know this, of course, but they do not. That's why they're advisories. But... <laughs> This is our last meeting for a few weeks. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit broken up about it, buddy. I got to be honest. I am too, but but your circumstances combined with my circumstances mean that we have to take we have to take a, a hiatus, a hiatus of just a few weeks that we don't we, we we wouldn't imagine taking under unless it was under severe circumstances. I have to be honest that over the last 6 months Almost every plan that has ever been created has been like, well, Adam, because of your schedule, we're going to have to either cancel or postpone this. <laughs> My <laughs> life is... <laughs> okay, so, so you're, you're delivering yourself a little bit of criticism, but I will counter that with a compliment to you. And that is, I, people do not realize how, what a crazy schedule you've had during that period. <laughs> and you have traveled with equipment and done a lot of things to make this show happen. Even when the, a normal person would have said, I just can't do it. Well, thank you for the compliment, buddy. Yeah. That's very kind of you. I appreciate that. I think that's more true than what you said. Oh, thank you. But having said that, we, we are going to take a few a few weeks off because I'm doing a lot of traveling. You're doing what your, your normal amount of traveling, which is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the lounges don't lounge themselves, Chris. That, well, <laughs> that, is, that is a truth we all have to live with. <laughs> and so we're, so we're going to take the entire month of May off uh, and possibly part of June. It just depends on when, when our, our schedules match up again and we can you know plan and get our notes together and actually record and then produce the show. So that's where kind of the tail end is where it becomes a little uncertain. I don't know when we're coming back. It will be sometime in June, but not late June, probably probably the early early to mid-June. Yeah, and that's and that's actually going to be the time that Carrie and I start rolling with uh, Feast on History as well. So oh, when nice. we get okay. back, it's going to be like a podcast extravaganza. Yeah, so look forward to that, listener. And then after that, we're going to kind of shift into a, a summer schedule, which means we'll probably do no more than two meetings per month, plus the occasional Gravity Beard episode. Yeah. Which actually, you know, man, I don't, I don't want to minimize that. We actually have some good stuff on tap, so just in the Gravity Beard department. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a summer schedule. You know, it's summer schedule. Everybody's off. You know, it's gonna. It's time. It's time to put it the summer summer plans and then kick into high gear again. Absolutely. And so, Adam, I've got some yes. good news for the listener. Oh, since we're gonna take a break, we decided to pack tons, and I mean tons, of excellent, <laughs> excellent content into today's meeting. Yes, dude, that is what we ought to do. Right before the summer, you boom, one, two yes. punch with, with a podcast. Con- consider this a an audio entertainment feast. We're about to feast. <laughs> this is a spring feast as we head into the summer. <laughs> We're all gathering together. We're about to feast. We're about to feast on amazing content. 
Yes, let's freaking do it, man. And so all the things that we talk about during our typical meetings, we're going to have those things, but we're going to have them all in a great abundance. Yes, a veritable cornucopia of comedy. That's right. A buffet. A buffet where you can you can eat to your... <laughs> all to, you can eat. Eat until you're satiated. That's right. Although we may or may not have some Asian soups. Okay. So if we have any Asian soups, I think you know how I'm going to respond to that. <laughs> Here we come, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. So just, just know that that's around the corner if that happens to pop up. <laughs> All right. Well, let's begin as we always do and go over our top contributors list. I love this. Here we go. Starting from 10 and counting down to one. Number 10 is Laura Thompson. Yes. Number nine is Vlado from It's Not Rocket Surgery. Oh, he's freaking hilarious. Number eight is Krista Voss from Podcast 42 in the Podfix Network. Also hilarious. Number seven is Jim Weir. Jim Weir. Classic. Number six is Leslie Morgan. Oh, dude. Yes. Hilarious. And appearing in the top five, Adam, for the very first time, Carrie Dykes from Adasha Science and the Podfix Network. Harry Dykes. You know, I was listening to uh, Dash of Science today in the car with my kids. The latest episode or another one? No, uh, my kids, they wanted to hear these the space episodes, the Challenger and the Apollo oh, uh, yeah. missions. Those are a couple so, of But my what favorites. a great 10 to 6, man. That was that was fantastic. What a great group. Yeah, so kicking off the top five is Kerry Dykes. Number four is the king of the internet, Paul Chomo from Varmint's podcast and Bla- Blazing Caribou Studios. Number three is Luke Umshide. Number two is our archivist and historian, Tiff Franks, and also our food turn. And we can't avoid it. We've got to raise, <laughs> we've got to raise a glass. We've got to raise a glass. <laughs> the street continues. Let's hear some applause. He's still in the number one position. Our MVP, our librarian, our HR liaison. <laughs> Keith Gallup from the Pop-Up Film Cast. I will hoist my glass to celebrate his MVP status once yet again. He seemingly can't be toppled. Good cheer to you, good sir. Thank you for all of your hard work. Dude, what a great group is in this top 10 right now. I so mean, good. the whole, it, it's just, uh, you know, the, the top five are great. Luke, I'm, I'm actually, he broke out of the fourth spot. He's all, usually always in fourth. Yeah, there you go. So nice job, Luke. So what a great, what a great top 10. Yeah, and, and here's here's where we're already going to do something a little different just because we're about to go on a big break. I want to go ahead and recognize some other people that have really worked hard and contributed a lot of things to the group lately. Yeah, cool. So here we go. Bob Haynes from Nerd or Not and the Cretans Guild. Uh, Brisky from Turn of Phrases, our pun turn. Cheryl Lynn, Tori and Kelsey Jane, Corey McCord, Sciencey McScience Face, and our resident flat earther. Sarah Stapleton from Life is Messy. Sarah Hat for that. Clay Groves, the head nerd at the Fish Nerds podcast and king of the Facebook video. I think we'd all agree. Agreed. Chris Birkenbein, the other co-host of A Dash of Science and founder of the Science Committee on Sciencing. JL Trose, who works with Chris DeVos on Podcast 42. Casey Jones, our cheese bandit, who has <laughs> come up with the most creative way of welcoming someone to a group I think I've ever seen. Man, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I apologize. I'm going to mispronounce this name. Cassandra uh, Salas. Cassandra, if I said your last name wrong, I apologize. Brad Cranford from Chris's College Roommate fame and from our uh, one of our favorite segments, This Week in Kiss. <laughs> Mike Cohen, Les York, Roxanne, who right around the corner is a big birthday for her, and we're going to try to do something on the show to celebrate her birthday coming up in a few weeks. Awesome. Shampoo, Brian Shampoo, who is our sports correspondent. The great Carrie McGinnis from Blazing Caribou Studios. And Andrea Blucas, who, by the way, Adam, I don't know if you picked on up on this in the group. I didn't know this, but she is Tiff's cousin. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah no yeah, yeah. kidding. Yeah, apparently so. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so there you go. And of course, we say this every time, there are many, many others. We've got a list of dozens yeah. of people that contribute so many great things to the group, and I just want to say thank you to all of you. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I want to take one quick step to the forward act. I'm going to take a step forward. <laughs> I'm not taking a step back. We only move forward. Um, Damn straight. First of all, first of all, uh, this this has to be a gross miscalculation on our part. If if he's not been already, I would like to formally nominate and promote Clay Groves of the Fishners Podcast to more seasoned intern. How nice. Yeah, because of all his video logs, which started off with the beard, voted on by the group. He did it in our group. All his, uh, you know, road road selfie videos and uh, just general tomfoolery in the group. So long overdue. And he has a spot permanently on our show with Born This Week But Now Dead. That's right. He absolutely does. I want to absolutely acknowledge Clay. And, <clears throat> boy, I really want to go like on a fishing tour with him. So uh, Clay, if you ever if you ever have a, an open spot, I really want to go ice fishing. So if you would if you, if you're taking on newbies, I'd like to do that. So congratulations on your promotion. So let it be written. So let it be done. Thank you very much to Clay Groves. Well, and he's actually um, he's a Patreon supporter as well. That's right. He is a Patreon supporter. He was our first Patreon supporter. As he sure fact. was. Yeah. So big ups to him. He has been a long, long time Patreon supporter. We very much appreciate that too. Yeah, he basically planted the flag of Patreon support in the Patreon group. And uh, I also wanted to just take a special moment or a moment to say a special thanks to everyone who did a video selfie this week. That was awesome. Yes, those were so good. Dude, I really, really enjoyed that. I'm really glad that everybody played along. I want to do it again. I don't want to overdo it because I know it's it takes a lot to get in front of a camera to say what's up. But everyone who did, I sincerely thank you. It made my week. I've had a long week. And these little videos that kept peppering in uh, really, really made me happy. So cheers to you all. Well, I think what I would add to that is, you know, anytime we throw out an idea, everybody does such an amazing job of embracing it. Correct. 100% agree. It's never disappointing. Yeah. And that was the good thing. Like everybody was like, you know, screw it. I'll get in there. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really great attitude towards that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Those were fantastic. Adam, I don't know if you've noticed, perhaps you have, but we have had a ton of new interns join the group. I, I am loving every minute of it, too, because they're all contributing great stuff. Yeah, all, all quality additions. And so I just want to recognize some of those. So first, and some of these go back a little while, a few weeks you know, since our last meeting, but first is Maddox Campbell, who's got a great podcast called Break a Wish Podcast. Then we've got Aaron, Aaron McKenzie, who was invited by Roxanne. Evan Russo, who was invited by Chris Osborne of Play Comics Podcast and Meddling Kids. Kyle Federline, who was also invited by Chris. Uh, Coral Reef, invited by Leslie. Uh, that's actually an alias, by the way, and uh, I'll leave it up to... Actually, Well, I can't remember if she revealed her, her true identity in the group or not, but if she wants to, I'll leave that up to her. 
Then we've got uh, Lucy Foles. Uh, Chris Birkenbein has actually recruited several new team members. Those are Erica Weems, uh, Eric Allen Knight, Bailey Cook, Ryan Nowak, Hannah Oshier. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong, and April Norcross. And finally, John McKay of the 100th episode fame, Adam. Yeah. He invited his friend Phil Smith and his wife, Michelle. Ah. Yeah, I remember that 100th episode, man. Like it was yesterday. So good. That's like our glory days. Like if Coach had only put us in fourth quarter kind of episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the one where you really hope your parents showed up to the game because you actually got to play. <laughs> yeah. Well. I love that analogy. Yeah. So uh, so, anyways, uh, welcome to all of you. That's a that's a big batch of new interns, and everybody's already been worked in and doing a great job. Yeah, and just so everybody's clear, just because we're taking a podcast, you know, summer schedule does not mean we're taking a Facebook summer schedule. So that will no. still be in full effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll still be just as involved in the group as we've ever been. Hundred percent. Adam, why don't we move on to May birthdays? Ah, we have quite quite a few of these, actually. We do. And Adam, your birthday's in May, isn't it? Not this month, dude. It's not in May. Sorry. Your birthday's not in May. So, on the calendar of 12 months, it does not take place in May. You're saying it's your birthday takes place in a different month other than the month of May. That's correct. That's correct. Huh. Now, my brother is in May, but not me. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually Cinco de Mayo. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Terrific. And what is his name? Mickey. Mickey. Terrific. All right. Well, um, I really was convinced it was it was your birthday this month. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. No, so no. we won't be recognizing your birthday. Yeah. But the 5th of May actually ends up being the very first birthday on the May birthday list. All right. And listen, you're probably, listen, audience, you're probably listening to this prior to the month of May. I realize that. Uh, we're doing it early, and that's only because, like we explained earlier, we're taking a little break. So, uh, kicking off the birthday list, apparently, is uh, May 5th, is your brother, Adam, Mickey Saunders. Yep, all the way up in Raleigh, North Carolina. Happy birthday, pal. On the 11th of May is Roxanne's birthday. The very next day on May the 12th is Dave Champa. On the 14th is the great Carrie McGinnis of Blazing Caribou Studios, home of many great shows, including Feast on History, starting this summer. Boom. On the 17th of May is Brisky, our pun turn from Turn of Phrases. Please check out her show. On the 22nd is the birthday of one of our new interns, Eric McKinsey. On the 21st of May is the daughter of Sciency McScience Face. Her name is Claire. And I, I don't know if he said how old she was going to be. But anyways, of course, she's also known as Daughtery McDaughter Face. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, uh, so happy birthday to you. And then on the 24th, finishing up the month of birthdays, is Jim's daughter. Oh, well, congratulations, Jim, and congratulations, Jim's daughter. Or happy birthday. You might say happy birthday. Right, right. Happy birthday is what I meant. Okay, one thing that Chris DeVos got started uh, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, was he changed his job history on Facebook to reflect his job at Gravity Beard. That's right. That's right. He's a good employee. He is. And so th- several others followed, and we recognized those at a previous meeting. One of those that also did it was Bob Haynes. <laughs> and he posted an update about an unintended consequence of making that change on his Facebook profile. 
And from your action, I could tell that you remember what this when this happened. I love this so much. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> he uh, posted a message, and it goes like this. Bob says, Just got read the riot act by my elderly mother asking why I quit my job of 20 plus years and became an intern for Gamer Beard. (laughs) What a classic mom thing to do, you know? (laughs) Intern at Gamer Beard. And of course, his response is what you would expect, how we would all respond. And that was, it's my life, mom. I'll do what I want. <laughs> this is the perfect response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 20 years is, is a small drop in the bucket compared to his future at Gamer Beard. That is correct. So good for you, Bob. Uh, you have our full support and congratulations on standing up to your elderly mother. <laughs> I mean, and don't forget, though, the, the more important part of this is that we are actually acquiring Gamer Beard. Right. That's right. Thank you. In, in Q3. Yeah. That, that's that correct. will probably solidify then. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we, we don't want to say too much about it. It's not quite no. finalized, but, it, but that is up and coming. Yeah. All right. So at some point, Adam, Paul gave Jim Weir the designation of national treasure. Indeed. Now, he had previously given the same designation to uh, Greg, who you also met on the 100th episode and then Greg responded to that by saying that that Nicolas Cage in the movie National Treasure was actually actually looking for him. Right. That's 100% correct. So anyways, now Paul has elevated Jim a second time. Ooh. This time to legend. <laughs> it was only a matter of time, let's it be was. honest. Yeah, it was, that was, that was going to come. I think you would agree that Jim's resume speaks for itself, but Paul cites that one recent act by Jim sealed the deal once and for all. So Carrie Dykes posted the question, would you date someone 20 years older or 20 years younger than you? And Jim's response was, done five years younger and couldn't take the brain damage, but I can't go 20 years older because they're all dead. (laughs) Oh man, what a classic Jim response. Well done, Jim. Congratulations on your new designation. It's well-deserved. So let it be written, so let it be done. How about some polls, Adam? Love polls. Okay, so in our last meeting, we did not have the results for the serial poll, the serial elimination poll, rather, that was hosted by Paul. This poll, like, almost eliminated members. (laughs) It it did. (laughs) Well, no one should be surprised. All of our polls are very polarizing. (laughs) That's but anyway, so true. I have those results now. And so yes. the, the final showdown was between Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Golden Grams. Two great cereals. Yes. I happen to like both of these very much, so either one is fine with me. But are you ready for me to reveal the winner? I am very much looking forward to this, and I have some comments. Okay. The winner of the breakfast cereal elimination poll... And therefore, the official breakfast cereal of the Gravity Beard interns is... Cinnamon Toast Crunch. 
boom goes the dynamite twice. <laughs> and let me say this. The final poll results were not close. <laughs> That's true. Cinnamon Toast Crunch got nearly twice as many votes as Golden Grams. And this makes Corey McCord very happy because he thinks the results from the previous traditional poll basically made the, the elimination poll unnecessary and should have been withheld. So, okay. I don't think he's necessarily wrong. However, I do feel that like with the with the change in climate and the gravity beards, you know, new procedures roll out and we had to kind of repoll that one in the official format. Yeah, I, will I, th- say that I think what you're saying is that when, when an issue is, is big enough in the group, the only way to correctly handle it is through an elimination poll. That's a better way to say that. I mean, I don't think there was really any any issue or challenge with the first one. It just came up again, so we did another poll. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. To, to, to the point, though, the strength of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, it won both times. That's true. That's I mean, true. it's an undisputed champion. Like, there's no reversal. It got close a couple of times. Luke made a pretty good campaign during throughout this process, but it, it rained. And then when it, on the final round, it just blew Golden Grimms out of the water. Well, it's funny you'd say that because the results did make Luke very unhappy because I think he might have voted against Cinnamon Toast Crunch every single round. He 100% did. Yeah. Now, you could say that he was gunning for it, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> One could say that indeed. Yeah, but his efforts were clearly unsuccessful, which proves once again that I'm the only one that can harness that power. <laughs> I mean, if somebody had to have that power, I'm glad it's you. Now, I would like to make one comment about this poll. It didn't surprise me that like it, it was just like it was kind of a, a raucous. However, I was surprised at how frustrated I got with other members of the group <laughs> over cereal because I was like, "This is dumb. Like it's just cereal." And then we'll get, and I'm like, "Wait a second, what are you people doing here? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> this is clearly not a, a logical choice, and yet you're voting for it." And suddenly, I was involved. <laughs> I was See? involved. This was Lord of the Flies, man. This was a serious issue in our group. Well, that I mean, that's how it goes. <laughs> We have very serious discussions about the dumbest things ever. <laughs> right. All right. On to the next thing. Adam, we discussed in the group something called the 12-12-12 challenge. Uh-huh. And this is what that is. You take 12 shots from half court of a regulation basketball court. If you make one, you get $12 million. If you miss all of them, you spend 12 months in a maximum security prison. And on one side of the court, you have a table, like in a poker tournament, with all of the cash, all $12 million laid out there. On the other side of the court, you have a prison gang taunting you with the warden ready to take you away if you miss every shot. And I pose the question to the group, would you take the 12-12-12 challenge? Yes. Okay. So Keith, Jim Weir, Wes, Brett Lane, Bill Gaddis... Kelly Goudreau, and you said you would do it. Totally. You would take this challenge. 100%. <laughs> and without hesitation, you think you could make one of 12 shots to, with, with a prison gang there taunting every mistake. You think you could avoid that consequence? Yes. Wow. <laughs> what is behind that level of confidence? First of all, I used to take half-court shots when I was a kid a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I dialed it in. And uh, the worst thing that happens is you go to prison and you have a good fitness routine for about a year. Because Lord knows you'll be running a lot. So you can lose some weight, pull it on some muscle, things like that. <laughs> so you, so you, don't have, you don't have any fear of a maximum security prison? No. Huh. All right. Well, 
73% disagreed. <laughs> <laughs> it said they disagree with you. They would not take this challenge. <laughs> Man, but if you, I mean, when you make that shot, you get 12 million. You can laugh right back at the gang. Be like, hey, who's in jail now? <laughs> you, you could say, what's up? And point with two fingers at your crotch. <laughs> or whatever taunting <laughs> gesture you'd like to make. You can bend over and speak from your rear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I don't know when it's going to come out, but I do want to let everybody know that we did a, an episode recently that we just recorded a couple days ago of hypotheticals. We discussed three different hypotheticals, and this was one of them. So you'll get to hear me, Greg, and two other guys, two other friends of ours that are going to make their debut on the podcast to discuss this. So I'm assuming as a sneak preview that you did not say yes to this challenge. I'm not going to answer that. I'm going to let people listen to the full episode. Ooh, cliffhanger. Yep. Okay, on to the next thing, Adam. And this is another thing that I posted. The question was, would you rather win an Oscar, a Grammy, a Nobel Prize, or an Olympic gold medal? And I think you answered this. Do you remember what your Mm -hmm. answer was? Well, my instinct would be be like, I want to get a Grammy because I'm a musician. Right. I think that I would go with Nobel Prize. But you actually did answer this. For some reason, I didn't make a note. Or maybe you didn't. Did you not answer this? I did. I'm pretty sure I answered Nobel Prize. Okay. Well, that was the winner. So Nobel Prize was the clear winner getting 52% of the vote. That's a lot. Olympic gold medal got second with 26% of the vote. Oscar got 16%. Grammy came in last with 5% of the vote. Uh, That's tough, but I feel like the Grammys are some of the hardest ones to get. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it would have really changed the results much. I forgot to include Emmy for TV. Oh yeah, well, you know, d- d- does Netflix consider that's considered TV if that's it's TV. like a series? Or, okay, I don't know how they deal with that. I think enough the streaming services might have participated in the Oscars and the and the Emmys. Well, I guess it would just be I guess length of episode. Well, I mean, but they have movies and TV. That's what I mean. So if it's like a, they must have a designation. Yeah, I'm sure they do. But in any yeah. case, I think. Oh yeah, I did have a note here. You picked Nobel Prize, so that's right. I would choose Olympic gold medal in hockey. Wow, that's a that's a pretty specific and badass choice. <laughs> How awesome would it be to to stand on the podium and receive a gold medal for playing with the men's U.S. hockey team? Yeah, that would be pretty cool. All right, in our final poll, Adam, one of our newest interns, Hannah Osher, 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 she wanted to know of these five Easter candies. Now Easter was a few weeks ago. Of these five Easter candies. Which one has to go? So, kind of a, a mini elimination poll, if you will, Adam. Yeah, it's like a you know an intern poll. And so, the options were th- now you're voting on which one you like the least, basically. So the options were Peeps, cheap chocolate bunnies, Cadbury eggs, Reese's eggs, and jelly beans. Cadbury eggs all the way, man. It's got to go. The winner was Peeps with fifty four percent of the vote. Oh my god. Yeah, the chocolate bunnies got 19%, Cadbury eggs came a third with 17%, Reese's eggs and jelly beans were tied in last for 6%. Listen, I get that, you know, people don't like marshmallows with sugar on them, fine. But I don't understand how people can really enjoy that Cadbury egg. It's such a weird, <laughs> like, it's so rich. <laughs> I was like, yeah. man, there's so much going on here. Adam, we continue to upgrade our facilities at the GBI campus. I love our campus upgrades. I do too. And there's been many good ones and here's some more. We have recently installed a number of these around the campus, the Kodama Zone. (laughs) 
Let me describe what this is. Because if you didn't, there's a video online, and I want everybody to go find it. But basically, it's a huge cushioned hanging lounger. That and, sounds awesome. Yeah, so it utilizes a multi-directional pendulum design. It's dome-shaped. It can safely accommodate two to three people for casual lounging or... Lounging? Lounging. Lounging. Or, or it swings a huge, a giant distance as it's hung from, from the tall, tall trees on our campus. So you know, we've, we've got those huge those huge redwood trees. Yeah. And and these are hung from the from new, not not the top because those trees are enormous, but yeah. really really high up. And this dome is huge. like it's it's a big dome-shaped thing that's big enough for two or three people. It's right. this giant dome that swings this un, this enormous distance back and forth. It's really relaxing. It's amazing. And there there's actually an indoor version too where it sits on sits on kind of a frame and you can kind of it's a smaller swinging area, but uh, they're amazingly comfortable. Keith adds, uh, and I think I already said this, that we've installed a handful of these around the campus. So by all means, go check them out. They're, it's really yeah. cool. The Wi-Fi reaches out there. So if you want to take your laptop and go, it's fine. Yes, it does. Okay. Another thing that we've added, and, and it, I, I, don't, I want everybody to realize that a lot of our facility upgrades, these are for people's comfort. Absolutely. I mean, almost everything is for the comfort of the employee. That's right. And so this next item... Not nearly as dramatic as a Kodamazome. We've ordered a bunch of tortilla blankets. I, man, I am so glad. I cannot wait for this shipment to arrive. These are five feet in diameter. They're made of super soft, 100% acrylic microfiber. They're actually great for indoor or outdoor use. So if you want to combine them with a Kodamazome, that's a great combination. We've also added them to the nap bar and the GBI spa. And like I said, on the Kodamazome. So, uh, oh, and also we've also put them on the chill sacks. Yeah, that's right. That's yep. right, which is perfect. Yeah, so, so they're spread around, but you can also check them out at the spa and then take them out to the lawn for picnics at lunchtime. Yeah, which is always a great move. The weather's perfect. Okay, so if you like those facility upgrades, we're about to take it to a whole new level. Yes. Keith has made us aware of a, of a big opportunity. It's for sale for only $1 million, and that is a private island. Yeah, that's jump change. We've, we've already, I've already called the, the people, so that one's, that one's moving and shaking, let's just say. As you know, Adam, we've been discussing where we're going to put our HQ2. That's right. That's right. And so Keith has uncovered this great East Coast option, should we decide to go in that direction. And it's not just an island, Adam, but on the island, there's an abandoned fort. I mean, how fun is that? Right, a company offsite or build HQ two in the fort. Yeah, so so we're considering this this uh, private island off the east coast of New York for our HQ two. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's not about the money at this point. It's just about making good decisions. So their answer will probably be yes. Well, and and this is an excellent decision. I think so. It's responsible. It's affordable. It's smart. It's everything. That's one option, and we may do both of these. But the other one that's competing with this is Clay Groves made us aware of an entire historic town in Indiana that's available. See, I love historic towns. Yeah, I do as well. So here's a little bit about it. It's Story, Indiana, which is a popular tourist destination. It's crammed in between the Hoosier National Forest and the Brown County State Park. The town was originally established in 1851. That is a 168 years ago, Adam. Hmm. Apparently, it hasn't changed that much. Clay is suggesting Gravity Beard interns buy it, which we are. We are actually looking into it. Yeah, for sure. And then he asked a very important question, and that is, what should we name the town after we acquire it? 
Adam, would you like to hear some of the name suggestions? Yeah, I don't think we should name it Townie McTownface. <laughs> no, no, we will not name it Townie McTownface, but here are some other suggestions. Paul suggested we call it Waffle Stomp. <laughs> Jim suggested we call it Cheesecake. No. Or the form, the more formal Cheesecake Village. No. <laughs> Chris DeVos suggested 13. Clay had a suggestion. I actually like it. His is one of my favorites. He suggested Beardlandia. Beardlandia. Sounds like an itchy and scratchy land. <laughs> I think it might have been um, might have been inspired by Portlandia. Which Portlandia. Like. Right. Shampoo suggested Fibbleblaps. <laughs> also a good one. I like Tori's suggestion. He, he said we should name it Topherville. No, that doesn't have the same ring to it. It's not, it's not very musical. <laughs> it's not nearly as good as Flibbleblaps. <laughs> Keith suggested we call it Elimination Pole or Uranus Minor. <laughs> he also suggested Klugmanville, which I like. Yeah, it's true. And Luke suggested Stinkhole. I don't think he's a big fan of Indiana. Well, no one is. But it has a historic town for sale. <laughs> right. If you can find another historic town for sale, uh, Luke, then <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll, we'll, we'll look at that one. And <laughs> we'll take a look and see what suggestion name you have for it. Right. <laughs> I suggested we name it Kevin. But you have to say it like the mom from Home Alone. <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Every time we reference our own town, that's how we say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm up for that. Adam, how about some dress code items? Ah, uh, see, these are important, man. You know, again, re- referencing the comfort of our employees, the dress code helps achieve that. Well, and we, we've got an ever-expanding dress code. We've given our employees lots of options. Yeah, and they've all been functional and fashionable. Yep, that's right. And this one is no exception. So the first one is a Super Mario World or Zelda onesie or robe. Hmm. I know which one you're choosing. <laughs> of course. And good news, we've done this before. They come to us from Groupon, so it's 44% off and only costs $27.99. Huge discount. Yeah. Huge. Not surprisingly, this was approved immediately. Men's and women's sizes are available, and head down to HR to pick up yours today. Yeah, I might go with the robe at the office. I love a good robe. Yeah, robes are great. So that was from Keith. The second one's from Chris DeVos. Denim panties. This doesn't seem very comfortable, Chris DeVos. No, so first of all, I don't really even like that word. You know what? I agree with you. It's a weird word. It is a weird word. And secondly, we looked into these and they cost over three hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean you can see that they're probably they're probably a quality item, but it may just be for the sake of being what it is. That's why it costs so much. I guess I would say, Chris, if you can find a groupon for like eighty percent off of denim panties, we might take a second look. But at this point, these are not approved. Correct. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. This is is not going to work out. We don't want to discourage you for bringing other dress code items to the table, but this one's not going to work out. It just means we're looking for a better option. That's all. Yeah, for for everybody's benefit. Okay, so our next dress code item, uh, another one from Keith, and this is the Mystery Man mask. This This is a good one. Let me read a little bit about it. Now, own a real Mystery Man mask. At last, you can have your very own Hollywood Mystery Man type mask. The amazing head mask is all genuine wool, double stitched with felt lining for real comfort, of course. For convenience, the (laughs) mouth flop snaps open or shut. The mask is held in place by elastic headbands. 
while the special wool collar drapes down over the shoulders. And here's three suggestions for how you can use your mask. You can make a movie with yourself starring as the mysterious adventure. I like that option. Yep. Number two, you could organize a masked phantom club with your friends. Great idea. And the third option, protect your face against freezing cold weather. I like that one as well. Yeah. And it says, uh, act right now and send for your very own brand new mask. Only $1, Adam, plus 25 cents for postage and handling. Which is a great shipping rate. I think my favorite part about this advertisement is that it starts with, at last. (laughs) (laughs) Your wait is over. (laughs) The the thing you've been waiting for. Yes. (laughs) Of all the things that this modern world has afforded you... (laughs) <laughs> it didn't now we have the mask this has been just beyond your grasp but no longer <laughs> finally this finally. is available to us all now keith notes that this is approved but only on wednesday afternoons for the masked phantom club which meets out in the south quad yeah yeah and and last week they were in the east quad and, and that's that's not where that's approved so yeah, we had to say, uh, ladies and gentlemen in the Mass Phantom Club, please move your activity over to the South Quad. Right. Now they did, so it was fine, but just heads up, it's in the South Quad only. Well, and, and now finally our, our twirling team can get back, back to business on the East Quad. Yeah. 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 Which is important. Yeah, very. Okay. So we've got some new selections down in the intern library. But before I share this week's selection of Book of the Week... Keith wanted just to say thank you to everybody who brought him burritos. <laughs> yeah, he got a, he got quite quite the selection there. He did. He literally received dozens of burritos, and so he was very <laughs> thankful. And actually, now he has the reverse problem. He's not able to eat all the burritos. And so if you'd like to stop by the library while you're making your book selection, there's also burritos available. I mean, dude, a book and a snack, what better choices do you have in life? Yeah, take that out to the lawn to the Kadama Zone and enjoy your burrito and a book and go for a swing yes seriously but any case this week's book of the week the title is fishing through the apocalypse an angler's adventure in the 21st century by matthew l miller <laughs> and actually i'm very proud to say this to make this announcement our very own clay groves wrote the forward for this book oh you know what that's i think uh, I, I can't wait to read this one i mean you don't often get to hear about anglers during the apocalypse, so this is this is perfect. Well, and I can say I got down there early, which I rarely do. Oh, I've already man. checked it out and read it. It's fantastic. Well, let me get it when you're done, because that thing will never show up again. Oh, no, I'm done. I've already turned it back in. Ugh. Come on. Okay, here's some other selections. Cousin Milky is lactose intolerant. <laughs> and this one has a picture of a little girl in the front vomiting. Yeah, yep. Classic. Our second selection is from Leslie from tip to- from the Tip Top Elf Children's Book Comes, The Shitty Brother. <laughs> I hate that book. Yeah, the, the cover of this one has a picture of probably about a three to four year old boy standing over the crib of his younger sibling who has a slice of cheese on his face. <laughs> no one is safe from the bandit, bro. No, no. And here's a book about it. <laughs> All right, then lastly... Tiff posted a story about a man who is suing his parents for throwing out his porn collection. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff in there, Ma. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and Jim, he asked if we could get them for the library. And so, <laughs> and so Paul made a comment, and, and I, that which I'm not going to repeat here. 
But Keith jumped in with this explanation. He says, We actually helped fabricate the backstory of throwing them out. They were all donated to us. We just need to wait until Luke gets back um, with them from the bookmobile. <laughs> Luke's comment on that comment cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, so apparently we have a, an adult section of the library now. Who knew? Not sure how I feel about that, but, but we do have one. <laughs> <laughs> Just things happen, you know? You're right. What you, what are you gonna, it's, a big, it's a big organization. <laughs> it's a big library. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a very big library. Either way, look, look out for Luke and the Bookmobile. It should be coming through your neighborhood very soon, and he'll have a whole variety of selections. And then, Adam, we have this. We have a warning from Tiff. Uh-oh. And it goes like this. She issues a level five goose warning. apparently the goose on platform two is violent and has claimed the platform as his own and she says please avoid yeah yeah and i'd also like to uh say a special thanks to tiff who delivered all four thousand brownies as requested for the function yesterday in the conference room so thank you tiff yes thank you thank you for the brownies and of course thank you for the goose warning everybody stay away from platform number two (laughs) That's like the time that Chris Birkenbein had to talk about the huge raven issue they had. (laughs) (laughs) Attacked by a raven. It was a little person attacked by two ravens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have a huge raven issue. Apparently there's a raven issue. (laughs) Adam, it's time for science. Man, I love science. Okay, the items this week are from Vlado and Chris DeVos. Item number one, why you should always pee in the shower. Ooh, hot topic. Yeah, hot topic. it is a hot topic, which we've dealt with, which we've dealt with in the group before. That's right. Now, here's the deal. So, so this article was posted by Vlado, and the title was Why You Should Always Pee in the Shower. And I, I read it. I actually did slightly more than cursory research. Ooh. Yeah, I apologize. Their main point, basically, is that you save a bunch of water. That's fair. That's a good reason. According to this article, it says that the estimated savings worldwide, this is everybody, like everybody on the planet who had a toilet instead peed in the shower, that you would save 579 billion gallons. That's not insignificant. No, that's a decent amount of water. But in case we can get everybody on the planet to pee in the shower instead of in their toilet, there's 580 billion gallons to to save. Well, and as we know from before, there are two types of people, those who admit they pee in the shower and liars. (laughs) Okay, that's not true. And I've said this many times. I've never peed in the shower. I know you pee in the shower, Chris. It's okay. I actually do not pee in the shower. I think that's disgusting. Well, you know, I think that Chelsea would say otherwise. Uh, I 100% promise that she would not say that. (laughs) (laughs) She would back me up and confirm that I've never peed in the shower. Hmm. Okay, next item. A NASA spacecraft, and this is from Leslie Morgan. Thank you, Leslie. A NASA spacecraft may have detected a giant wall, a giant ice wall, at the edge of the solar system. Uh, here we go. Now, I did not read this article, but I think, Adam, my conclusion is that we don't just have a flat Earth, but we also have a flat solar system. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Moving on to our next item. Amazon admits employees listen to Alexa conversations. Yeah, this makes me very uncomfortable. Me too. So here's the thing. I don't generally get worked up about things like this, but this makes me so uncomfortable 
that it makes me want to drive over mine with a car. Yeah, I'm I'm actually considering it. Yeah, right before I light it on fire and launch it into the Grand Canyon. That's correct. Well, I'm going to the Grand Canyon in uh, in July. If you'd like me to take yours, I will launch both of them into the Grand Canyon. Do you have an Alexa? Uh-huh. This seriously makes me not want to use my Alexa. Same. 100%. Like, list, oh, in all seriousness, same. Yeah, because really, I'm, I'm like... I don't care. You know, like like if the government wants to listen to everything I'm saying and keep a file on me, fine, do it. But for a private company, for some reason when a private company is doing it, that I don't know why that's different, but it is for, <clears throat> it is for me. Well, I mean, I have several theories behind that, but I, I generally speaking, I'm with you. First of all, if you don't already know, your identity has already been stolen. It's just a matter of the random lottery as if they actually pick yours to, to, to pull out. Yeah, I think so, so too. I, I mean, that's a fact. I mean, like, right. I, I, I don't have any... You, you will go crazy thinking about trying to, like, keep the government. You're already out there. It's already done. Forget about it. Right. Um, but, yeah, when you've got, like, just, like, a private company... I mean, that's why I had a, a friend who used to work at Google, and he doesn't like them because he feels that they are... And he's like, I was in the factories where they were just scanning books, and they want to control all the data. When one company controls all the data... Right. Right. You know, so... Anyway, not to, I'm not, like, a huge conspiracy theorist, but, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think that... Amazon employees should have that capability. I don't either. Adam, the list of names for the 2019 hurricane season are out. Oh, really? What what have we got so far? There are 21 names on the list. It starts with Andrea and ends with Wendy. I'm not going to name the whole list. You can actually go to the website and, and find it. But there's 21 names on it. It starts with Andrea and ends with Wendy. And here's a little information, a little background on this. The National Hurricane Center has named Atlantic Tropical Storms since 1953. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Oh, you did. The Hurricane Center rotates, did you know this, that they rotate six lists that are recycled and updated? No, I did not. For example, the 2018 list will be used again in 2024. Well, that makes sense. Names are retired if a storm is deadly or costly enough that future uses of the name would be inappropriate for reasons of sensitivity. AccuWeather estimates 12 to 14 storms this season which begins on June 1st and continues through November 30th. Yeah, it's a long season, dude. That's what I was thinking. I was like, June 1st and November 30th? Goodness gracious. Yeah, but the problem, the the, the most likely times, I mean, it's, it's technically going to happen now, but it's really August to November. Oh, is it really? Yeah. That's when, that's when I'm, I'm mostly concerned. Yeah, got it. Well, that's good news. At least it's a couple months shorter than, it, than what they're saying here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we have a couple of food items today. I love food. And this first one's going to be a new edition of the GBI Cafe. Ooh, this is big. I always love when we add new stuff. It's called the Cannabis Burger. <laughs> this is going to be great. It's offered by Carl's Jr. They are the first major fast food chain to debut a cannabis-infused hamburger. I liked Jim's comment to this. He said, perfect. Takes care of the munchies at the same time. Yeah, it's like a dual benefit burger. And then Vlado, he replied, it causes and takes care of them at the same time. Therefore, consumers will be stuck in an infinite loop. (laughs) That's always a problem. Which I thought was very funny. Our second food item was brought to us by Andrea Blucas. Bob Ross cereal. (laughs) Do you know who Bob Ross is? How could I not? This was like the staple of our childhood, man. Okay. Well, Bob, for those that don't know, Bob Ross, painter and former host of the, the PBS show Bob Ross, The Joy of Painting, 
who died almost 25 years ago, now has his own cereal. It's called Bob Ross, The Joy of Cereal. (laughs) (laughs) The cereal itself is similar to Lucky Charms and comes with a variety of different colored marshmallow shapes. There are seven in all. Here they are. Happy Little Trees, Happy Little Accidents. I'm not sure what shape that is. Almighty Mountains, Guiding Stars, Rainbow Hearts, Charming Little Cabins, and Lovely Little Bushes. I feel like this would have won the GBI cereal poll. (laughs) I didn't think about that, but you're probably right. (laughs) But that's not all, Adam. Fans of the deceased artist and television icon may also enjoy other Bob Ross-inspired products. Oh. Such as Bob Ross Positive Energy Drink, the Bob Ross Happy Little Tree Mints. (laughs) I like the positive tree, I mean, positive energy drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Bob Ross Chia Pet. That makes sense. Yep. And maybe my favorite, Bob Ross Art of Chill board game. <laughs> oh, man. That's a great lineup right there. It is a great lineup. All right, let's move on to travel. Yes, travel is where it's at, man. How about the Meow Wolf Interactive Art Experience in Santa Fe, New Mexico? I haven't heard of this. This was also brought to us by Andrea Blucas. I'm not exactly sure how to explain this. Basically, it's a huge interactive psychedelic art exhibit museum. You can actually search our group for hashtag travel to find the video that Andrea posted, or you can just go to meowwolf.com. The Santa Fe location is already open, but there's another one opening this year uh, in Las Vegas and Denver in 2020. So is that like a play on Beowulf? Supposed to be like Meowulf, but Meowwolf? Maybe it's Meowulf. I don't know. I'm not... Maybe. Yeah. If I didn't hate cats so much, I might care. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) the name is not very accurate. It's nothing really like that. I don't know why it's called that. I'm not familiar with the Meowulf organization or whoever they are, but, but it looks super cool. Okay. Item number two. Adam, you can now go bowling at an underwater aquarium with sea turtles and stingrays. See, I actually think that would be amazing. I do too. So it's a 12-lane bowling alley, and the whole thing, when you're in it, feels like you're underwater in an aquarium. Right. And it's called uh, Uncle Buck's Fish Bowl and Grill. The one that she posted about is in Bridgeport, Connecticut. However, I looked it up. Again, I did... I did slightly more than cursory research. Wow, that's two two in one episode, buddy. Twice in one meeting. But apparently there's several across across the country, including one in Sawasan, British Columbia. That's really interesting. Canada. I think they're associated with Bass Pro Shops. Uh, that makes sense. I really want to check it out. That sounds cool. And I, I think there's actually one down near Austin. <laughs> Another Austin daily fact. Yeah, there you go, Adam. Another reason you should move to Austin. <laughs> Adam, the Rocky Horror Picture Show Castle is now a luxury hotel. Really? Yep. It's located in Bray, England, just 20 minutes from Heathrow Airport. Come Sunday, August 25th, 2019, the end of this summer, fans of the cult film will gather at the Rocky Horror Castle to celebrate the film during the Time Warp Picnic. For $340, you can secure overnight accommodations at Oakley Court, a full English breakfast an afternoon buffet on the lawns, and a late-night screening of the film. 
While the hotel boasts 118 bedrooms, fans of the movie who book a stay at the Rocky Horror Castle will want to make sure to book one of the nine mansion suites inside Oakley Court, as these are the only hotel rooms that are part of the manor's original structure. Wow. Dude, that's a great price <laughs> for everything that, they, that everything that was mentioned. It's a perfect price. Yeah, three hundred forty bucks. Are you serious? Yeah, for food and lodging. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So there you go. There's a couple of uh, travel attractions you might want to head to. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I, not for any other reason that I have. I don't think I've seen Rocky Horror all the way through, but uh, I bet fans of that movie would appreciate the crap out of that. Oh yeah, can you imagine being there that one night when they have that time war picnic? Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Okay, Adam, before we move on from travel, I think this is a great place to play the two travel audio diaries that we received this meeting. Oh, yeah. Good idea. The first one, Adam, is from you. Oh, we get to see what I'm up to now. Yeah. So, Adam, let's take a moment and check in with you. (laughs) What's up, Dope? This is Lord Saunders. This is how I talk. Hi. Calling you from a small town of Canada. (laughs) <laughs> it's uh, it's north of the United States. Some people call it Canada, but I'm pretty sure it's Canada huh. in Vancouver. And uh, to get here, I had to. I didn't even sleep the night before. I was working. Two thirty a.m. I left for the airport. I uh, get to the lounge, and uh, there was no cream for my coffee. All they had was milk, which is God, fine. But I'm having American coffee, not espresso. So I want cream, not milk. There was no, there's no cream for the coffee. It's ridiculous. That, then that I get to Canada and it's raining. So I had to walk out in the cold rain to get to my hotel. That's ridiculous. Then we're in show and we have these communication devices that allow us to speak quietly so that the rest of the uh, participants don't hear us talk while we're doing tech. Well, some a-hole that I worked with didn't know how to keep his voice down. Just shouted in my ear for eight continuous hours. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, other than that, uh, everybody's been very nice in Canada, and I uh, hope to see you guys again soon. And I, uh, I can't wait to get back on the show. Record again. Talk to you soon, buddy. That's it. Dude, I wanted to punch that a-hole so badly. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand like what part of the concept is. I was like, hey man, you know, we should probably keep it down. And he's like, yeah, I only talk at a ten. I'm like, well, you need to not talk. Don't talk because you can't control yourself. He did not say in response to your comment, I only talk at a ten. He 100 said that. He actually like said he that. was a victim of it. <laughs> oh my gosh like there's nothing you can do about it yeah he's like why well, I mean I talk at a 10 you know like I, <laughs> like he's diabetic like, <laughs> right yeah. what do you want me to do bro I'm diabetic yeah, I have problems with sugar you know <laughs> god that's unbelievable oh my goodness and he I mean just he interfaced so chairly with the client he was loud and he was really good the day before but man he it was just like dude you can't go out for a cigarette break on the five-minute break. Like the client's freaking out because you're not in your seat right now. Now is not the time for a cigarette break. And if you can't go that long, then you need to find somebody who can go that long without a cigarette. I'm sorry, bro. God, that is insane. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, I just want to say that in that short message, you packed a lot of mild inconveniences in there. <laughs> Dude, no creeper. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> And I, I was I, I was in disbelief. I kept going back and forth between the stations. <laughs> there was like two stations that I kept going back and forth. I'm like, there's got to be cream here somewhere. Nope. So for all your effort, no cream. No cream. And then I, I then when I you know I just had to give up and leave. And my flight was <laughs> early. Was and there pissed. wasn't there wasn't like a large carafe that you tumped over. 
<laughs> well, that was the milk that was available. <laughs> right. right. So. right. <laughs> well, Adam, that's not all. You left a second message regarding your trip. Oh, perfect. Let's see what I'm up to now. Let's listen to that one. So what's up, Lord and Toph? It's Lord Saunders, and this is how I talk. Hey, you know what? I'm really, really getting sick of the gate lights and the airport gates. If they haven't called your number, then you don't get to stand up and just sit there and clog the line. And then you definitely don't get to go when they don't call your group number. There's a reason for this order that they've come up with, and you have to follow the rules. It's really, really simple. So today, some asshole cut me off on the way in. Like, I was standing, he literally walked in front of me, but I'm like, you know what? Don't start a conflict because this is another time and I will lose. Like, if you start a fight, I'm going to be the one thrown off the airplane, not this guy. <laughs> That's correct. Cuts me off. Yeah. And then we ended up standing right next to each other on the jetway because they weren't done cleaning the airplane. So, ha. <laughs> you know what I did? Is this motherfucker, after he cut me off, I walked right past him to the first class seating area. boy. <laughs> And I looked at him right in the eyes as I did it. So screw you, pal. And while he did cut me off again at the very end, it was amazing. No apparent reason he got stuck again on the jetway. <laughs> and I bit my tongue, but my comment to him was going to be, "Man, it's really a good thing that you, you know, got in front of me because now we're both standing together on the same jetway." You asshole. <laughs> anyway, it was a good way to, you know, end my trip with some frustration and misery have a great week <laughs> that's you winning right there man dude i could not believe it. and he wouldn't look at me in the eye i mean there was no reason for him to cut me off and he cut me off twice i was it was unbelievable that but then he wouldn't look at me <laughs> but let me tell you i looked at him when i walked into that humongous first class seat that i went into <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, I will have a cocktail. <laughs> Way to get the best of that other human, Adam. <laughs> oh, man, I felt so good. I got to be honest. I felt so good about that. <laughs> I can relate. When I when I got that parking space. That's right. Winning. <laughs> me, baby. Me. <laughs> it's all about me, baby. Me. <laughs> well, and of all times, like... You don't. That was an international airplane, so you don't always get like this basically personal cabin to yourself. But that day I did. Of all the days I wanted to get that cabin, it was that day, <laughs> and I got it. And I, man, I, I could recline that thing all the way flat and go to sleep if I wanted to. Yeah, those are great. Oh my god, I was in heaven, bro. I think I've only experienced those once, but it was fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, Adam, you're not the only one that left us a short audio diary. Oh, really? It's been a while since we've heard from this guy, but today marks the return of the Road Warrior. Man, I I alerted you to my concern that we hadn't heard from him in a while. Well, he's back. And he left a video, so that was freaking perfect. Yeah, he sure did. So here is the first of his two messages. Hey, Gravity Beard. This is the Road Warrior, Jerry Orn. Hey, buddy. Yes. Welcome we back. We would check in since we are in a rented minivan. Uh, driving from Orlando to Miami. Whoa. And oh, we what? are headed out on a little cruise. So we spent a couple days there in Orlando, hit some Universal Studios. Uh, what, have you th- what have you thought, Everett? 
I guess it was that exciting. So, <laughs> anyway, it is 8 a.m. here in Florida, so my kids are mentally thinking it's 6 a.m., so that may attribute to some of their excitement. <laughs> anyway, we are. We figured we'd check in because we were on a family vacation, and we had to throw a road trip in there. Even when you fly from uh, Utah to Orlando, I still find some way to get into a vehicle and drive for three hours. <laughs> there you go. True know, road I guess, warrior. I guess that's just how I roll. So, Literally. Anyway, we will check in again. Pun intended. See you soon. Okay, there you go. first of all, wonderful to hear from this guy again. Really, really missed his presence on the show and in the group. Secondly, though, if you ever come to Miami again and you don't tell me, we're going to have words, Road Warrior. Yeah, the Road Warrior was literally in your backyard. I mean, what in the world? Well, he, was, he had to get off to his cruise, man. Yeah, I know, but I mean, come on. That was the message he left on the way out. How about a message on his way back in? Ah, wunderbar. Yo, this is the Road Warrior just checking in. Hopefully this is coming through okay, but uh, we are on a cruise ship. Um, took a nice little vacay with the uh, family. We're able to visit quite a few different islands, and I'm actually calling you from the uh, international waters. Yes. Uh, nice. Outside of the Bahamas, which... I guess would qualify as a uh, non-U.S. territory or state. So uh, there's an international call uh, from the Road Warrior and his family. So just wanted to check in. We've had a lot of fun, a lot of sunburns, a lot of uh, tanning lotion and sunscreen that we've applied on four little kids and missed God. one one day and he got pretty burnt. But uh <laughs> makes you feel horrible as a parent. But other than that, it's been pretty uneventful and a nice, relaxing vacation. So uh, we appreciate you guys and and uh, the show that you guys keep putting out and the consistency that you're doing it. So keep it up. Uh, oh, and this is how I talk. Jerry Horn. Nice. Oh, we will chat with you soon. Well, first of all, you are welcome. And thank you sincerely for consuming our show. Same. Agreed. Secondly, I don't know a parent who hasn't uh, neglected to put sunscreen on their child at least once, resulting in them to look like a little lobster. <laughs> and the fact that you did it uh, while you're on uh, a, an international cruise means you're quite a, quite a good parent. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I feel like that if you're a parent of any number of kids that are small, you're a winner. Okay. I got my youngest when he was five. So I had five, seven, and eight. So I didn't have to go through the diapers or they're like not knowing how to buckle in their seatbelts or anything like that. So to, to you, to you, Chris, and your wife and to the Road Warrior and his family, kudos to that. Well, thanks for saying that. Adam, I don't know if you noticed what I noticed in that message, but that represented our first international road trip audio diary. That's right. The Road International Warrior. That's right. So we, we've had multiple road trip audio diaries, which started with the Road Warrior, by the way. He initiated that. That's correct. And now he's the first one to blaze a new trail, which is the International Road Trip Audio Diary. International Road Trip Audio Diary. The Road Warrior strikes again. Say so he broke new ground. 
And, you know, I, I really am, I, I sincerely am grateful for him and his participation to the show. Oh, yeah. For, well, I mean, how fun has the Road Trip Audio Diaries been? They've been great. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. So thanks, Jerry. Glad you got back safely. Glad, glad you had a good uh, vacation. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. Yes, definitely. Adam, it's time to turn to the sports page. Yes. Turn that page, friend. And we have a lot of good sports items today. We're going to start with this. So the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship game, the uh, March, the actual March Madness tournament, ended a few weeks ago. Yep. The University of Virginia beat Texas Tech to earn its first basketball title ever. Wow. It was the first appearance in the championship game for both schools. That's fairly rare. Now, last year... The University of Virginia became the first one seed to be ups- upset by a 16 seed in the first round. That's insane. This year, they made up for it by going all the way to the championship. Yeah, so they were superlative in both areas. Either yeah, the how best about that? Or the worst. <laughs> yeah, they they, they got they, they were embarrassed in a, histor- in a historical fashion last year. <laughs> well, but what better way to make up for it? At least they did it in this order as opposed to the reverse. Oh, yeah. Absolutely agree. Our second sports item... Is that Duke lost? <laughs> In your face, Dukey. <laughs> they did lose. We recently discussed how Dirk Dowitzki passed Wilt on the all-time scoring list. That's impressive. It is impressive. Well, he has played his last game, announcing his retirement a couple of weeks ago. So in his last game, he scored the first 10 points in that contest. He also became only the second player over 40 to score 30 points in a game. Wow. Do you know who the first is? Man, there's so many to choose from. No, there's not. There's clearly only one more. Yep. But for me, the potential seems... Oh, no, the answer is obvious, Adam. John Stockton? Michael Jeffrey Jordan. See, I was like, it can't be Jordan because he's my favorite. So now Dirk Nowitzki joins Michael Jordan as the only player over the age of 40 to score 30 points in a game. Do you know who's not there? Who is it? I want to hear you say it. LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would venture to guess that LeBron James won't be on a basketball court playing professional basketball at the age of 40. I, I think he'll be done long before that. I think he might be done in the next season or two. Oh, wow. How about that for a hot take? That's a bold prediction number two. Yes, One it is. One of which I'm holding, I'm holding dearly to my heart. And that's that he'll never win another championship that you've made. Oh, that is never... Please, Adam. He's never going to see the finals. (laughs) That's a lock. (laughs) All right. Well, moving on. Dirk is also forever linked to a player from your local team, Dwayne Wade. Yep. Who is best known for his time in Miami. Wayne also retired at the conclusion of this season. The Heat got the best of Dirk and the Mavericks in 2006, but Dirk returned the favor in 2011 after... Miami added LeBron James to the roster. Adam, did you hear that Tiger Woods won the Masters? Man, I'm I, I'm really glad to hear that he did. Well, me too. And that was his first major in 11 years. His first one since 2008. It's his first Masters since 2005. Yeah, there was a real concern that he would never, ever have that level of greatness again. And he won again, man. He did it. Or complete a round on right. a PGA tournament. If you remember, things began to spiral for Tiger Thanksgiving night in 2009 when he was exposed as a serial cheater. 
He then had injury problems and multiple back surgeries. Most people speculated, like we said, he would never play again, much less win a major tournament. But he's back, competing with some of the greatest golfers on tour. And by the way, he's favored in the next major. Are you serious? Yes, he is. Wow. Adam, I don't think you're a huge hockey fan, but did you hear about this year's historic collapse by the Tampa Bay Lightning? I did not hear about that. So there are a total of 82 regular season games right. in, hockey, in the NHL. Well, Tampa Bay won 62 out of 82. No kidding. Yes. And then they followed that up by being swept in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> Idiots. Once again, superlative in both. <laughs> Adam, why don't we take a quick break and hear from one of our new promotional partners. Perfect. More Platinum Level content right after this. This week's episode is brought to you by Dinner for Two for One from the makers of <laughs> Dampies and Unmakeable Bedsheets. Spending your Friday night with another Hungry Man meal and reruns of Cheers? The box says Hungry Man, but without any friends or loved ones, I feel more like a shell, and the only hunger I have is for companionship. Dinner doesn't have to be a source of sadness anymore with a meal for two, designed for one. The loneliness experts at MacGuffin Industries have engineered an ingenious microwave dinner two-pack that includes one proper meal and a secondary meal that feels complete while creating the illusion that another human being has shared in your dining experience. <laughs> Not unlike the heavy weight of your empty heart. It was really easy. I just made my microwave dinner like normal and then opened the clearly labeled second package to reveal a dirty tray including a half-eaten steamed ham and some beans. I've never had a wife, but if I did, I'd like to imagine that she would hate steamed ham. So this was really realistic for me. Order now <laughs> using the discount code LONERBRO and receive 18% off of a lifetime supply of dinner for two for one to get you through the next long night. Dinner for two for one. Dine together on your own. That would have been really handy for me in my single days. <laughs> well, welcome back. For more information about Dinner for Two for One, feel free to check out Weird With You. It's another terrific podcast from the Podfix Network. It can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Adam, I'm sure you've noticed that Carrie Dykes has been a terrific source of uh, jokes in the group. I think we mentioned that earlier in this meeting. Yeah, 100%. Well, I have one from her that I want to share right now. Perfect. The children were lined up in the cafeteria for lunch. At the head of the table was a large pile of apples. The nun wrote a note and posted it on the apple tray, which read, Take only one. God is watching. Moving further along the lunch line, at the end of the other table, was a large pile of chocolate chip cookies. A child had written another note which read, Take all you want. God is watching the apples. <laughs> I love that. That was a great joke. So, Adam, if you remember, in a previous meeting, we introduced the audience to Guy and a Buffalo. Correct. 
Well, if you've ever wanted to know the backstory of Guyana Buffalo, we're about to hear it now. Ah. Guy in a Buffalo. How can you not like Guy in a Buffalo? It's so awesome. Well, stay tuned until later in this meeting for the second part of the exciting conclusion of Guy in a Buffalo. Oh, hell yeah. Adam, how about some life hacks? Sarah hack for that. Oh, dude, life hacks are the best. So our good friend Sarah over at Life is Messy acknowledged recently that she hasn't shared a life hack in a while. Yeah, seriously, what's up with that, Sarah? Yeah, and so in response to that, she posted several of them. So... I'm not going to say all of them, but here are the highlights. Number one, waiting for a phone call and don't want your parents to hear it ring? Call the movie theater and listen to today's listings until the call waiting beeps. (laughs) Number two, when you get a two-day rental from Blockbuster in the evening, you actually have until the morning of the third day to return it without a late fee. (sighs) Number three, if the game isn't working, just take it out and blow on it. Number four... Use sites like MapQuest to print out directions where you're heading and you'll never get lost again. (laughs) Number five, grab the free AOL floppies at CompUSA checkout stands, then place a piece of tape over the lock hole, reformat the disks, and use them for personal files. Number six... Okay, wait, wait. These are are great hacks, but these are hacks from like the 90s. What are you talking about? Yeah, these these hacks are, are this is an old list, man. I mean, the, the, we don't use these things anymore. Hey, maybe you're right. Hang on a second. I think that like Sarah's giving us some bum hacks here, maybe because these are not current hacks. Oh, Last wait. time I blew in a video game was like 1991. Oh, geez, you're right. Huh. Uh, okay. Well, um, Sarah, I guess thanks for the hacks, but if you wouldn't mind dusting off some more current ones and get back to us. Yeah, I feel like she kind of milled that one in. Yeah. Which uh, is very unlike Sarah. Okay, well, um, looking forward to hearing your more current hacks, Sarah. 
<laughs> Sarah, what's going on? <laughs> All right, Adam, I am very excited, and I think the listener will be too, to discuss this next item. Okay. So, in volume 71 of This Week Today, we were generating amazing facts. As we do. Yeah, and something kind of alarming came up about you. (laughs) And then we teased it in our last meeting. (laughs) And for those that may not have heard that... In our last meeting, I'm just going to play the audio one more time. Okay, and here we go. Oh, this is a good one. 18%, Chris, of Americans claim to have seen or felt the presence of a ghost. Are you in that 18% of Americans? I was going to ask you that question. I am not in that 18%. Have you seen or felt the presence of a ghost? So I've had some really interesting experiences that I don't really know what to attribute them to, but I've had some pretty harrowing experiences. Wow. As a child. Yeah. Yep. Well, why don't I do another one? Here we go. (laughs) And that was it. (laughs) That was all you gave us. Well, that's all that you gave us. I've had some pretty harrowing experiences. Okay, let's, let's move on. Well, I got no response from you. You completely glossed over it. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're not talking about this. <laughs> okay. Well, now is the time when we're actually going to talk about it. Nice. Now, before we get into it, do you have several stories about I this? I do. Yeah, I do. I you have, really do? I think, yeah, like three or four. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I thought that might be the case. So here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to make this a regular feature until we get all of your stories. <laughs> it's it's going to be something like Adam's Paranormal Corner or something. <laughs> I like that. And so, so just today, to kick things off, tell us one of your handful of stories about the, the harrowing experiences you've had regarding the paranormal. Okay, so it's been a long time because these were all things that happened in my childhood. Um, at the time, though... So, under it, what age? Uh, I would have been around 12. Okay. It all happened around the same time. Oh, it did? Yeah, like it, but in different locations. It was between the ages of, um, I'll say, 7 and, like, f- yeah, 7 and, seven and 12. Seven and, 7 and 11 or 7 and 12, one of those two ranges. Wow. But that's still a pretty long period for a person that age. Yeah, and, it, you know, it was... Uh, I. I, you know, I think it was chalked up to, I was very hyper aware of like, you know, cause I grew up in a pretty fundamentalist Christian household and my mom was very much about the spiritual warfare kind of thing. Got it. So I think that either I was in tune, attuned to it or it just, you know, it was just trickery. I mean, it could be either one of those things, but I know that as a child, I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> sure. So, sure. All right. You know, well, one, then, one then share, share one of those experiences. We'll hold the other ones for next time. Okay, so um, the most prominent one that was kind of more than just like an eerie, a very eerie feeling and based on some sightings um, was, <laughs> this is not, this this game did not age well, but it was called Nazis. And so we <laughs> played it at my church, right? And the idea was that the Nazis, you'd have two Nazis, uh, they've since changed the name of the game because that's obviously horrible. Sure. Um, but it was this big old church with multiple layers of basement, all kinds of stuff. Um, and so the, you'd have two Nazis. One would have a sleigh bells and one would have a flashlight. And the idea it was basically a big game of hide and seek. And your goal was to get from one end of the church to the other without being seen or caught by the Nazis. Now this was, 
it was it was both tricky in both size of property and in like you know surprisingly the nazis were pretty good at, at catching people it was it was it wasn't as easy as you would think for a property that large so the, the we i finished i i made it safely and we were in this basement floor and so i don't know if you've ever been to a church where the lights are all off but it's terrifying sure it's it's probably one of the creepiest places you can be and I remember we were safe, and in one end was like this glowing room where the party was, and on the other end was like the kitchen. At the other end of like the, the ground floor was a kitchen and a small chapel. So I remember um, there was there was two girls that it was like me and a buddy. Like there was like a group of us that went. It was like me and a buddy, and then like these two girls, and um, we all went to where I thought was. Um, like the church. So I, you, this won't make sense, but I can account for everybody who was downstairs. Right. And there was no like side door or outside that this could have been misinterpreted, which is why I was so freaked out. Got it. So when you walk down this long hallway from the room of safety, past the kitchen and bathrooms through the little narthex area, little foyer, and then to the chapel, I thought I saw my two, uh, that these two girls go into the chapel, which at the other end of once you walk in, the far end was another stage with a curtain area. So it's dark on this side of the hallway. So of course you're kind of freaked out or whatever. But then suddenly, me and my friend were there, and the room goes silent. Like so, we're standing. We 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 walk. We think we see our friends go into this chapel at past the kitchen. The doors swing closed. We thought we follow them and then stop at the door because we were going to play a joke on them. So I don't know what happened next as far as like the trigger of this event or whatever, but we're standing there and it's dead silent and we hear nothing. Like we hear nothing. So we're like, okay, whatever. So I go to knock on the door to like scare them. But what happened next was that something like banged on the door to me. And then we hear this blood curdling scream going on from like the other side of the chapel. And you know in movies, whenever like time slows down and it kind of goes, oh, you yeah. know, like you get that, that real like bass sound. Sure. That's what it felt like. It was the thing about it that was so weird was that I, I, the door didn't move, but I definitely got rocked back. Like I was like, I, I felt like I got hit in the chest. I was like, oh, I remember oh that gosh. very specifically. Like, oh, and then like this, I mean, ah like blood curling scream from the other side of this chapel, which would make sense because it was like a fellowship hall slash chapel. And it was a curtain on the stage. So I was like, okay, well that was, I mean, in itself like freaky, but I'm like, okay, but at least I had this from a reference that our friends might be there. Right. Well, we, we turned around to like run back and the two girls who we thought were inside were like next to us. <gasps> so, and then we went back to the room and there was like, everybody was accounted for. So, and that church, that level was underground. So there was no, um, there was nobody that you can't, you can't get into there from another way. And it was underground. So it's not like you could have heard it from above ground. Wow. So like, I hear this, like, I mean, I can't describe to you, like, it, again, it's not going to sound as crazy, but like when that, when that was something banged on the door. And again, I wasn't touching the door because it was almost terrifying to look through these like porthole windows that I had into this black abyss of this fellowship hall slash sure. yeah. chapel. And then it goes, you know, I get that chest bump and then I go back and I'm like, so who was in there? And everybody's like, no, we're all here. Where have you guys been? I'm like, well, did you guys hear that? And they're like, what are you talking about? Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, 
what i and and I, and that stuck with me man like and of course you know this that was many years ago now but there was nothing that could have like taken away from the feeling of getting punched in the chest by something that didn't actually touch you jeez yeah up <laughs> that's insane adam mm. it was pretty crazy wow okay well that certainly delivered <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what your story was going to be about, but mercy. <laughs> and you're saying you have additional stories? I got a couple more. Wow. So, how, how many more do you think you have? Um, I I need to kind of go back, but about three, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Well, okay, then. Well, stay tuned to future installments of Adam Adam's Paranormal Corner. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> These are all... Yeah, it was weird. It was, it was a wild time in my life, dude. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right. That's, well, <laughs> there you go. That would, that, that, I, I, I definitely want to come back for more. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for sharing that. It's my pleasure. Well, with that, Adam, let's turn to the world of entertainment. All right, Adam, well, let's begin with an entertainment advisory. The final season of Game of Thrones began a few weeks ago. There's only six total episodes. We have created an official GBI Game of Thrones discussion thread in the group. That's where we'll discuss each episode right after it airs, or maybe even during while it's airing. So please join us. Just search the group for hashtag GOT and you'll find it. Yeah, I hope you're enjoying that group. I'm not in it. That, uh, That thread. All right, Adam, how about some entertainment headlines? I love entertainment. Keith brings us our first one. Are you interested in Star Wars Rise of Skywalker? Absolutely. This is going to be big, man. Well, the teaser for that movie is now available, and you can find it on YouTube. Also from Keith, this headline, Peppa Pig screening terrifies kids with horror trailers shown beforehand. <laughs> like I learned sometime. I can all imagine going to see a Peppa Pig movie and instead seeing trailers for a horror movie. <laughs> now for some other entertainment stories. Chris DeVos brings our first one. The ABC Network is teaming up with Jimmy Kimmel and the legendary producer Norman Lear for a live 90-minute star-studded tribute to classic sitcoms All in the Family and its spinoff, The Jeffersons. Do you, wow. have, any, do you have any interest in this? I bet it's going to be awesome. I don't, yeah. I'm not too familiar with the original Jeffersons. Well, the program is set to air May 22nd and will feature Woody Harrelson taking on Carol O'Connor's famed role of Archie Bunker. Jamie Foxx will play George Jefferson in the role originally made famous by Sherman Hemsley. Our next story, also from Krista Voss, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall reunite conf- and confirm a Coming to America sequel. That's really crazy to me. Yeah, me too. However, like we talked about previous reboots and, and sequels of, of that kind, I think this is going to be terrible. Yeah, I, I mean, they should have just left the lightning in the bottle and let it go. Yeah, that's exactly my opinion. All right, next, again from Chris DeVos, Jeopardy reportedly searching for Alex Trebek's replacement. Yeah, that sucks, man. Yeah, it does suck. Sources report that the show was already talking about a replacement host when he when he retires. 
because I think we reported in a previous story that he's already 78 years old. That's so insane. He does not look 78. No, he doesn't. But now with his health scare, that process has been accelerated. The crew at Jeopardy just wrapped the taping of their most recent season, and it's time for the summer hiatus. But in spite of the fact that he's battling stage four pancreatic cancer, he intends to return in September to begin again. Wow. Yeah, uh, I hope he's right. I'm not sure if the odds are in his favor. Well, I hope that he's right. I also hope that, like, if he's not doing well, the network is like, nah, why don't you get some rest, man? Like, yeah. your spot is here. <laughs> and they can make the joke that, like, hey, you still got some time on your contract. Don't worry. We'll make you fill it. Yeah. But maybe not this season. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. And our last headline, Eagles to perform Hotel California album in its entirety for the first time ever. Wow. That's big, man. Yeah, that's real big. Live Nation says it will take place on September 27th and 28th. So so the first time is on the 28th. The second time is the next day. <laughs> At MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Don Henley, Joe Walsh, and Timothy B. Schmidt will be joined by Deacon Fry and Vince Gill for what will be the group's only North American performance of 2019. Founding member Glenn Fry, Deacon's father, died in 2016. Hmm. And this from Sarah Stapleton. Sarah had for that. The Stay Inside Festival. <laughs> I, I'm listening. I will be in attendance because main attractions include air conditioning, a real bed, <laughs> video games, movies, a clean toilet, and no lines. <laughs> Other attractions include the couch and refrigerator, refrigerator, sports on TV, and personal space. I love this ad so much more when you read it. <laughs> because I know how you know near and dear it is to your heart. <laughs> Why? Because I'm an avid endorsement? <laughs> One of my first favorite jokes of yours. <laughs> well, I've already bought my, my all-festival pass, and I will be in attendance. <laughs> you, you booked a pass to stay home. It's going to be great. I sure did. All right, this is something else that Christopher shared with us. I thought this was fascinating because I'm a fan of TV. Indeed. Here is the 2019 TV update. Which shows are renewed, canceled, or in danger? Ooh. Starting with The Connors. So last fall, ABC did a reboot of the 90s sitcom Roseanne with most of the original cast, including Roseanne. Then Roseanne lost her mind on Twitter and the reboot was canceled. Yeah, I forgot what she got canceled for. I don't remember. So this is the spinoff ABC created with everyone but Roseanne. It's called The Connors. And it has been renewed because it is the number one ranked sitcom on television. No kidding. Yeah, so basically Roseanne minus Roseanne is the most popular sitcom on TV. Dude, Roseanne, the show, was really funny. If you will look back at it, it was brutal. Never seen a single second. Oh, okay. Very funny. The Big Bang Theory is ending, thank goodness, because that show is annoying and incredibly overrated. Unfortunately, (laughs) we still have to endure the spinoff, Young Sheldon. Yeah, I don't care about that spinoff. I don't either. I'm not sure why everybody's so hateful of the show, but... Big Bang Theory? Yeah. What do yeah. You, why do you hate it? Because it's contrived and you can see the punchlines from 17 miles away. Even in the earlier seasons? Yes. That show is huh. so forced. 
It, I mean, I watched it years ago. It's it's oh, so you know what? it's so network sitcom. It's ridiculous. You're right about that. I remember getting three seasons in and, and enjoying it because somebody else was watching it, and then I was like, oh, you don't have to like be glued to it. But then when you start to watch it, it's like, oh yeah, I can I know where this is going immediately. Well, a fan since I'm a fan of the more modern modern day you know comedy. It's just hard to go back and watch those network sitcoms where they have the laugh track and the obvious jokes and yeah, I can't. But do that, it. I will say though that like they put forth a lot of good performances on certain things, and, and I will I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, I understand. I just disagree. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy is likely to be renewed. I have no idea. What? Yeah, I have no idea how that show is still going on. This is Us, which is a great show that'll likely be renewed. If you like that, then you'll like A Million Little Things, which is being renewed by ABC. NCIS, which I've never seen, is being renewed for its 17th season. That's insane to me, man. Like, it, it, it's it's so popular, and yet so many people have no idea that that show exists. Right, and I still haven't adjusted to the fact that one, one of the versions of NCIS stars LL Cool J. Yeah, that's that's not the one that they're talking about. <laughs> uh, Modern Family is coming to an end. Okay, so this is a good example. This is a groundbreaking show with amazing acting and writing. Uh, everyone on there is terrific. Uh, I'm going to be very sad to see this go. Hmm. But it had a great run and re- has received much-deserved critical recognition. And it will be available in syndication in many other places for years to come. Wow. Uh, the Good Place, the creation of the brilliant mind of Michael Schur, starring Kristen Bell and Ted Danson, is being renewed for a fourth season. That's a great show. Well, Liz will be happy about that. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, another Michael Schur project, was canceled by Fox, but we'll still see a seventh season because it was uh, because it was wisely picked up by NBC. And a third Michael Schur show, Superstore, is being also being renewed by NBC. And so I don't know if you noticed the pattern here, but NBC has gone all in on Michael Schur. And this is for a good reason, because that relationship and its success dates all the way back to The Office and Parks and Rec. Okay, then, they're, then they've just got us. Uh, they're just brilliant. They realize what they've got. Yes. Well, and the fans had an outcry for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's a show that I have like I haven't seen, but I really, really want to. And I've seen little snippets of it. And it, it seems like a genius freaking premise. Yep. And, and so, like, the fact that it got canceled was is so dumb. Well, think about that. You've got The Good Place, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Superstore, Parks and Rec, and The Office, all Michael Schur products. Yeah, and you know what? They're similar, but they're different. Yeah, Which is, for, absolutely. I think, very difficult to do. And that's not that's not all. He's working on some other projects. So if you look him up on IMDb, um, you're going to want to check out the things he's got upcoming. NBC is also renewing the reboot of Will and Grace, which I heard is great, but I haven't seen it. Fox also canceled Gotham. I don't care. I've never seen it. Adam, apparently there's a crime drama on Fox called Lethal Weapon. Did you know that? No. Starring Clay Crawford and Damon Wayans. Maybe not for much longer because it's in serious danger of being canceled. Huh. After seven seasons, CBS is canceling one of my favorite network shows, Elementary, starring Johnny Miller and Lucy Liu. Oh, you know what? I I saw the first couple of seasons of that. I really liked it. That's a very good show. I I like it, too. And finally, CW is renewing Riverdale, but without Luke Perry because, well, he died recently. And what I think you mean to say is, rest in peace. Right. That's exactly what I meant. And with that, Adam, I bring you the conclusion of Guy in a Buffalo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
thinking maybe them buffalo hunters who shot him was in there, and it turns out they is. So he started causing ruckus, head for the hills, everybody. This guy is straight crazy. And there you go, Adam. All four parts of Guy on a Buffalo. You know, I'm kind of sad that it's over, bro. Yeah, me too. Became, you know, because he got in a foot race with a buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) Among many other fun adventures. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, Adam, it's time to talk about our next round of candidates for our three-room apartment. Dang it, bro. Our first candidate is brought to us from Tiff Franks and Krista Voss. Mm-hmm. And I like to do this now, but Tiff beat Chris by only 46 minutes. Ah, uh, you got to be quick. And the candidate is Keith Flint. Okay. Do you know who Keith Flint is? No. We're already off to a bad start. Keith uh-huh. Flint, the iconic Essex singer and member of the band The Prodigy was discovered at around 8 a.m. on the morning of March 4th after police and paramedics were called to the property. Have you heard of the band The Prodigy? No. The Prodigy's co-founder, dang it, Liam Howlett (laughs) said Keith Flint had taken his own life. He was 49. Howlett, who founded The Prodigy with Flint in their hometown of Braintree, Essex, wrote... The news is true. I can't believe I'm saying this, but our brother Keith took his own life over the weekend. Famed for his devil horns haircut and intense stage performances, the iconic 90s musician was performing as recently as February in New Zealand on a world tour set to run until May. Here's a little background on the band The Prodigy. They emerged from the underground rave scene of the early 1990s to become one of UK's biggest bands. Flint was originally a dancer for the group, but took center stage when the band decided to feature him as a vocalist on their best-known hit, Firestarter, the single which launched him as an icon in 1996. They reached number one in the UK single charts with Firestarter and Breathe and ultimately notched up six number one albums. Jeez. I didn't know the name of that band was The Prodigy. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just Prodigy. No, it's actually The Prodigy. Yeah, I totally know who this band is. Oh, okay. Well then... Adam, does Keith Flint, the face of the band The Prodigy, deserve to join Luke Perry as the second resident in our current apartment? I mean, I feel like they were... I, it's it's a tough question because I feel like for me, they were super influential like in the movie, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. And when I heard Breathe for the first time, like I lost my mind. Yeah. Well, um... I think the rest of the group would lose their mind if we didn't put them in an apartment. I cer- <laughs> I've, I've certainly heard of the Prodigy. I didn't. I, I wasn't into them, so I didn't know. I didn't know Keith Flint's name or the other. Uh, what's his name? Liam Howlett. I just wasn't into their scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I mean, I remember Firestarter. That was a very impactful video. You know, obviously with him yeah. and his devil haircut or however, whatever they devil horn haircut. Yeah. Um, 
again, those weren't my sensibilities. I, I, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. I probably wouldn't let Keith Flint in, but this is probably the first time we've ever had this conversation where the tables are probably turned. Uh-huh. If you feel strongly enough that Keith Flint, the face of the band The Prodigy, deserves to be in an apartment, I will capitulate. But I will tell you, if it was just up to me, I would not put Keith Flint in. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's tough because I feel like he had a lot of influence, but... I mean, I'll, I'll leave it up to you, whatever you decide. I mean, or if you want to take it to a poll. <laughs> <laughs> I have okay. a feeling if we take it to a poll, he's going in because he got a pretty strong response from, I think, Paul and a handful of others. Yeah. But if you just want to avoid that step and if you want to put him in, then I'll go along with that. Well, I'm trying to see, you know, because, uh, man, this is tough. This is tough, tough, tough. He's well, a and I, I, I think we've said, what'd you say? He's a motorcyclist. <laughs> oh, well, not anymore. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> but, but, um, remember, you can't just run a poll. We've, we've actually elevated. Now you have to make a run a poll and make a case for him. So if it goes to a poll, there's a little bit of homework that has to be done on behalf of those that want him to be in. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I feel like that they have some really, really influential, like, I mean, some real influence in a time in music that was, you know, pretty intense. I mean, that it was like around the Matrix time. I think they used it in the Matrix, like some of their music. Um, so I think that, like, as far as that genre goes, yeah. Um, that being said, um, as much as I love them, like I didn't know the guy's name, you know, and it, like, the first thing that came on was not the band Prodigy, like Flint, you know, like I don't think about this really aggressive electronic, you know, voice saying now play my game, you know, like it's, right. it's, it's right. crazy. So I think that that's kind of a big, and they don't have a humongous discography. Um, and as much as I feel like they have influence, I feel like that we would be inconsistent if we let them in and there are others that we have not for less. Well, in my mind, my bar is relatively high for who gets a spot in an apartment. And so, you know, I, I've probably um, I probably backed off a little bit on what my standard is just because I don't think that the group, the group standard is as high as mine. Yeah. So again, I wouldn't let him in, you know. And you actually just made a pretty good case for not letting him in. I mean, if he's got a short resume, I didn't... I, I mean... mean I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's well. I mean, my my research is cursory, but I'm also not seeing any awards. Oh, that's a good point. You know, so I, I mean, I, it's kind of like one of those things where I feel like that they they have had a ton of influence, but they haven't really done much. And I don't know, like, and I, but I think the, that the influence that they have had, and as much as I enjoy it, is it. You know, like I mean, are they a true celebrity? How would you compare them to to um, Kurt Cobain? I know well, you're. I, mean, I, I know you're not a big fan of Nirvana, yeah. so so put that aside. But but compare them to Kurt Cobain. And there's no comparison. I mean, as much as I'm not a fan of Nirvana's music, and I think that you know Kurt Cobain, while he was alive, was a whiny guy. Um, and he was a humongous rock star, and his influence directly impacted the music industry for years. Yeah. So. And okay. that one, it's a no-brainer. But this guy, as I'm saying, like I think that he's niche. He doesn't have a super, you know, 
large body of work. He's known well, you know, that kind of stuff, but I don't think he's done. I mean, I feel like we, we didn't let in a bass player of like, you know, before. And I feel like this is kind of like that where he's probably a little further along Keith Flint, but yeah, I, I don't. And this is paining me to say it because I really like prodigy. Um, <laughs> I mean, fine. We, we've had the discussion. I thought you made a very strong case about your opinion. Make the call. Yeah. No, I, I think that we have to maintain a high standard of the apartments. I do too. I mean, that that's you really know? where I'm coming from. And I think that just because I like them doesn't make his case stronger. Okay. So make it official. Yeah, I think I unfortunately I think that Keith Keith may not get in. Okay. I, you know, I'll, I'll probably wrestle with this decision. And if I do wrestle with it more, then I'll make a poll and run the background. Well, no, no, no. See, here's how this works is if someone disagrees with right now, our decision is Keith Flint does not get in. Yeah. If someone feels so strongly that they want to run a poll and they want to present a case counter to yours, then that's on them. That's fair. But what if I want to run a case counter to my own? <laughs> well, then you, sh- then you should vote differently right now. <laughs> no. Yeah. And this is tough, man. I think, I think musicians are, are specifically tough because music means a lot to a lot of people. But I think if we're going off the merit that we've had before, he doesn't meet the qualification. Okay. There you go. All right. Moving on to our next candidate. He was brought to us by Keith. That is King Kong Bundy. Pro wrestler King Kong Bundy has died on Monday, March the 4th. Uh, Actually, the same day as Keith Flint, if you're keeping notes at home. And you know what Keith Flint didn't have? 116 acting credits. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, well, uh, and here's an interesting note. Multiple articles about his death said that he was 61. He was actually 63. Uh-huh. So even two months later, the cause of his death and the other details are unknown, which I think is kind of weird. But here's a little more about him. Bundy, whose real name was Christopher Pallies? Pallies. Christopher Pallies was born in Atlantic City, New Jersey. The six foot four, four hundred and fifty-eight pound wrestler made his World Wrestling Federation debut in 1981. He was best known for facing Hulk Hogan in 1986 in a steel cage match at WrestleMania II, which Hogan won. Bundy also found himself opposite or alongside many of the other biggest names of the era, including Andre the Giant, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase and The Undertaker. Bundy also crossed over into pop culture, making appearances on TV shows, including Married with Children. He also briefly tried his hand at stand-up comedy. Adam, should King Kong Bundy join Luke Perry and be the second person in our seventh apartment? This is tough, dude, because I'm a big fan of wrestling. <laughs> and Well, I was as a child and through my high school years. Right. Um... But I couldn't have I couldn't have named King Kong Bundy. Oh really? Interesting. Yeah. yeah, because I mean like he was in that like Hulk Hogan era under the giant, you know, I mean all the all the wrestlers you mentioned. Yep. And did you just to clarify, did you say that he had won or had not won any of the title belts? The only one that it talked about the results was WrestleMania two against Hulk Hogan, which he lost. Yeah, because that was on when he was rising. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing that he even won the heavyweight championship match. Well, here's my comment about that. 
So it's said that he found himself alongside many of the other biggest names, including Hulk Hogan. I think I've heard of, I've certainly heard of Andre the Giant. I don't know about Bobby the Brain Heenan. Definitely heard of Ted DiBiase. Of course, I've heard of The Undertaker. Yeah. All of those are bigger names than King Kong Bundy. Yeah. I think that despite his size and, you know, he was in that era for sure, but he was in the wrong era probably because he was in, I mean, he basically was in the golden era of those wrestlers. I mean, because really at that was. time he would have been fighting with Ric Flair. I mean, like, you know, these are all the people that would have been in that era and, and, and they outshine him all. Well, the million dollar man, the undertaker, Andre, the giant Hulk Hogan and did I say Ric Flair? Ric Flair, all of them would probably get a spot in an, in an apartment. Without even like a debate. Maybe, maybe Ted DiBiase might be on the fence. And, Dude, and Captain Lou Albano, Roddy Roddy Piper, Hooch. I mean, yeah. he fought everybody good. Yeah. The Macho Man. Dude, Randy Savage. Yeah. So, so all of those to me are, are bigger names than King Kong Bundy. <laughs> yeah. I hate to say that, you know, because I'm trying to see. He keeps getting disqualified and... I'm not sure he actually won. I don't think he actually even won the belt ever. Yeah, maybe not. Oh, he often lost to Bam Bam Bigelow. Remember that guy? He would get a spot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've heard of Bam Bam Bigelow. Maybe I have. Oh, man, I tell you, dude, this, is, this is back in the day. But yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm just trying to see if he even won the belt once. Well... I mean, I think if you if he had, you would have found it by now, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and this one this one is an easier choice to me than than Keith Flint. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, uh, Adam, make the call. Yeah, I think that based on things alone, he unfortunately was in the wrong time in wrestling. I think that if he had been either a couple years before or a couple years after, <laughs> not a couple years after, because wrestlers down forever. So, unfortunately, I don't think his his qualifications merit merit the spot. Unfortunately. Okay, well then based on that discussion, King Kong Bundy, you do not get a spot in one of our three-room apartments. Man, it's tough to deny people a spot, man. You know it is, but I think we're trending in the right direction, Adam, and I think our our criteria actually should get a little harder as we move along. Yes. As, I, think our sta- I think our standards for this, like they are for the show, should be very high. <laughs> That's true, which makes me think I really need to step my game up. <laughs> or because or, would we get in <laughs> please sir. hey god have you heard of gravity beard <laughs> right this way to your apartment <laughs> um, um saint peter please sir <laughs> i have only one question for you all right well that is strike two so i've got one more shot because we only have three candidates today okay the last one is nominated by me oh so, of course, I wouldn't nominate him unless I thought I should get in. So, this, again, is going to rest on your shoulders. I can handle it. I know you can. So, here we go. Adam, Ted Lindsay. Have you heard of Ted Lindsay? Okay, not by name. Okay, that's okay. That is a strike against him, but we'll continue. Ted Lindsay, Hall of Fame scorer for the Detroit Red Wings, died a few weeks ago at the age of 93. Lindsay packed a fierce combativeness in a slight frame as he helped the Red Wings win seven consecutive NHL championships and four Stanley Cups. He's in. There's no way. That's damn near impossible. I've got more. (laughs) 
Nicknamed Terrible Ted, he played 17 seasons in the National Hockey League, 14 of them with the Red Wings, coming out of retirement for the final one. He was the first NHL player to play 1,000 games, the first one ever, a first-team All-Star eight times, and a participant in 11 All-Star games. In Detroit, Lindsay is revered as part of a celebrated triumvirate called the Production Line, in which he played <laughs> left wing alongside Gordie Howe at right wing and Sid Abel at center. In 1950, Lindsay won the Art Ross Trophy as the league's scoring champion. Abel finished second and Howe third. Adam, can you imagine being on a line where all three of you were one, two, and three for the scoring championship? That's insane, dude. It is insane. And I'm still not done. <laughs> All three of those guys were elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame. A battler on the ice, perhaps to compensate for his size, he was only five foot eight and 165 pounds. Wow. And he was heavily penalized, too. He spent 1,808 minutes in the penalty box, the equivalent of 30 <laughs> full games. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so not I only was that. he a devastating offensive player, but he was a troublemaker, too. Bill Chadwick, a Hall of Fame referee, spent many nights trying to keep Lindsay under control. He had this to say about him. Ted was a mean hockey player, Chadwick once said, but he was the kind of guy I would have wanted to play for me. He'd do anything to get the puck in the net. After two years in junior hockey, so here's a little bit of his history, he joined the Red Wings at the age of 19 in 1944 and remained with them until 1957. That was the year Lindsay led a group that tried to establish the Players Union because they did not have one before then. Oh, wow. Lindsay took his plans to Jimmy Hoffa, perhaps you've heard of him, the Teamsters union boss who told him that professional athletes did not need a union. Jack Adams, the Red Wings' longtime general manager, had another response. He traded Lindsay to the Chicago Blackhawks for trying to start a players union. Lindsay recalled that in his first game against his old team, of which he played 14 seasons, he smacked Howe over the head. (laughs) Howe remembered it too. How says, I laid him out. Then I asked him if, if that was the way he wanted to play. Lindsay got up off the ice, he said, and replied, No, I guess it's not worth breaking up a friendship. <laughs> Lindsay played three seasons in Chicago, 1957 to 1960, retired for four seasons. He, re- he was retired for four seasons and then returned to Detroit for one more season between 1964 and 65. Adam... Does Hockey Hall of Famer Ted Lindsay deserve to join Luke Perry in our seventh apartment? I mean, I feel like he would beat us up in the afterlife if we didn't put him <laughs> into the apartment. Well, perhaps that's true. But but based on the information I just shared with you, does he qualify? I mean, I think because, you know, thinking of like celebrity status, if you win four Stanley Cups, I mean, the, the city is going to love you. Like the the, the whole league is going to know you. The, the nation is going to know your name. And winning four Stanley Cups is really, really difficult. Yes, it is. I feel like this guy being the number one scorer, everyone's going to know this guy. So in addition to his achievements, he's also a celebrity. Oh, yeah. No, I I think if anybody hasn't heard of him, it's for two reasons. One, he was a hockey player, and they're not nearly as well-known as other athletes. And two, he played a long time ago. Yeah, you're talking like 60 years. So Right, exactly. Okay, well, does he get in? He's in. Totally. Well, well deserved. Excellent. All right. Well, at least we got one out of three. And so Ted Lindsay will occupy the second room in our seventh apartment with Luke Perry. 
And we will have to wait until after our hiatus when we consider three more candidates to find out who's going to round out that apartment. (laughs) The poor waiting candidates. Yeah. And actually, Casey Jones asked about Dick Dale. He's actually one of our three candidates that we'll discuss in our next episode. (laughs) Unless you feel otherwise, he is in. I have to investigate Dick Dale a little bit, but I would have to say I expect him to get in. Yeah, I mean, he invented a style of playing. (laughs) Right. That is still used today and is like basically how California sounds. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Adam, it's time for some hotline messages. Hotline, hotline. And Adam here is message number one. Hey, this is Chris from Play Comics and Bedling Kids, and I am not an animal expert, so I'm just curious for everybody, is it weird if your cat starts to lick the butter dish? Adam, question to you. Is it weird? No. No, it is not weird. <laughs> it's a dairy product, and I'm assuming that cats just eat dairy all day, all day long. So <laughs> You're just going to lean on the stereotype? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. Cats are bastards, and they eat dairy. Whoa, okay. All right. Well, with that, we'll move on to our next message. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> Hot take. Good evening, Gravity Beards. Ah. This is Bane. Hey, Bane. And this Bane. is how I talk. Nice. So I've a taken a little bit of time off since Batman is occupied. <laughs> and I heard about this nooks and crannies in the Facebook world that I have been exploring for the chaos. And all of a sudden, I heard about a gravity beard cereal poll, and I thought to myself, Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy must come out on top as the number one serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) How appalling it was to find that this Paul Chomo is talking about breakfast cereals. And I thought that I was the master of chaos and confusion. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Chomo, I am coming for you. Oh, Oh, a challenge. I guess that's it. Wow. That was pretty brilliant. (laughs) Thanks, Bane. I mean, it's a little dark and morose, but he has a point. Maybe we should have an elimination poll about serial killers. Serial killers, yeah. Boy, then he'd really lose his mind, wouldn't he? (laughs) He'd get really excited about that. All right, Adam, it's time for our next message. Hey, this is Chris from the Play Comics at Medley Kids podcast, and I would just like to let everybody know that wisdom is knowing that when somebody else is paying for your tab at the bar with their company credit card, you need to back into the spot so that you can get out more easily. Oh, well, there you go. That's a pro tip, guys. That's a pro tip. Welcome. I welcomed pro tip. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks Thanks for that. Yeah. Adam, here's our next message. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, hey, Chris. Hey, Adam. This is Paul. This is how I talk. Hey, Paul. Yes. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for hiring me on as the janitor in our office. I could... Uh, could really use the extra cash, and so I, I really do appreciate it. I uh, hope I don't get called Paul the janitor all that often. I kind of like, uh, you know, Elimination Paul is good, or <laughs> the nickname that Jen Weir gave me. Oh, Op- Optimus? Optimus Prime? 
something like that. That'd be nice. But hopefully not a whole lot of all the janitors. So I'll be in about once a week to, to uh, clean up the office. I, uh, I, I cleaned a lot of offices when I was in college, so I, I know, you know, I, I'm good at it, unfortunately. So, yeah, I'll check in once a week and, um, you know, let you know if there's any problems. So thanks again, and uh, have a good day. Yeah, so there you go. So Paul, on top of all the other things that he does, he has volunteered to help us out with some janitorial duties. And he's also said that he will check in with us every week and give us an update. This is big. I mean, and Paul, first of all, you are 100% welcome. You are obviously a, one of our, our top employees, one of our longest standing employees. So listen, if you come to us with a request, we're going to help honor that request. It's going to be granted. Yeah. So Paul, you are an incredible, a valued member of this team. And I love that you're the janitor. Well, and here's something else that I just thought of is I think that people on the janitorial staff, whether it be at a business or at a school, maybe they get a unique perspective on things. He's going to be able to give us insight that we otherwise wouldn't have. That's true. And we should get him one of those, those backpack vacuum cleaners. Yes. You mean the ones (laughs) that are always interrupting our show? That's the same one. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. All right, Paul. Well, thank you for calling in. We look forward to your future updates. Adam, that means it's time for our next message. <laughs> hey, Adam. Hey, Toph. This is Toph. Hey, buddy. And this is how I talk. Hey, me. Thanks for calling. If you remember, I recently left a message about my win resulting from my crafty move in the parking garage mm. at work. You're yep. damn right. I wanted I to call in and report another win. Ooh. Yes. A few weeks ago, I got into a minor car accident. Clearly not a win. The win <laughs> came when I found out that the daily allowance for the rental car allowed me to rent a Land Rover Discovery. Yeah. Obviously, I love driving it, but more importantly, it led to three days of amazing discoveries. First, I discovered a mole on my back that I didn't know about. Uh-oh. Second, I discovered a uranium deposit in the boy's closet. Oh, and cool. best of all, I discovered a cure for cancer. Still on cancer, thanks to a minor car accident resulting in me renting a Land Rover Discovery for the price of a compact, you're <laughs> done for. Pack your bags, cancer. It's time for you to make like a tree and leave. Signing off, this is Toph. Hashtag winning. Dunskies. One man, one gun, one bullet takes out cancer. You're welcome, Alex Trebek. Yeah, here it comes, bro. We're going to have Alex Trebek back for the next season. You can imagine my surprise that when I that I that when I rented the Land Rover Discovery, that all of a sudden I was making all kinds of amazing discoveries. That sounds like Nobel Prize material to me, buddy. Right? Yeah, that was a great call, man. What a what a what a turn of events from a minor car accident, a minor inconvenience, if you will, exactly, resulting in the cure for cancer and to curing cancer. That's like when you and I were in the compact and we got an SUV, also. <laughs> That's right. Don't forget that. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't want to take credit for curing cancer. I just want to thank Travelers Insurance. You just want to thank you want to take credit for finding cured of cancer. Yes, for discovering a cure for cancer. Yeah, that's what I want to take credit for. Yeah. While driving my Land Rover Discovery. Correct. For a mere fifty dollars a day. Yeah, because you're not gonna do that like an afford Windstar. No, or a Toyota nobody, Corolla. Nobody can, what if I would have rented no. a Toyota Corolla? There's no way I would have cured cancer. No, this is, that's impossible. Exactly. Here's our next message. Hey guys, this is uh Corey McCord, aka Science Team McDiance Face, and this is how I talk. I just wanted yes. to uh I respond to something uh briefly. The book that you referenced on in the staff meeting, um, 
that had to do with uh, Can Holding in the Park Kill You is actually one of, uh, it's a book from our personal library, it's my son's book. Uh, he was not using it any longer, and so I donated that to Keith to put into the intern library. So I hope you guys mm. enjoy, do enjoy that. You did ask okay, me the yeah. question as to whether or not Holding in a Park can kill you, and I did respond. I don't know, maybe you didn't see the response. But I did respond. It can't kill you, according to their research. It can't kill you, but it can cause constipation, which is very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I've been thinking about talking to the other members of the uh, Science Committee on Sciencing, uh, Christopher Burtonbein and, um, and uh, Otto, and, and so uh, about potentially doing a little bit of, of research here and. Uh, combining uh, an activity where we properly eat a burrito as described today uh, when I listened uh -huh. to the staff meeting today on the on air uh, mm -hmm. and then combining that with a holding in a fart uh, uh, study so I got to talk to the other guys let's see if we can put that together but we'll let you know so stay tuned on that um, that's all I got Dunsies I love that guy. Well, speaking of amazing discoveries, if they run that study, that would be amazing. That would be almost as amazing. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so determining if you can eat a burrito and hold in your fart is almost as amazing as curing cancer. I'm surprised at your incredulity at that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I apologize. I'm coming around to your perspective. <laughs> Yeah, of course, uh, Corey. Thanks for calling in. I, please, I implore you. Please uh, get together with your team, the Science Committee of Sciencing, and uh, and run that study. We eagerly await the results. I am eagerly awaiting. Like right now, right now, are you eager? I am so eager. I can't describe it. Well, while we're waiting, why don't we listen to our next message? Yes. Hey, Adam. Hey, uh, Oh. This is uh, Keith from Pop-Up Zoom Gas. This is how I talk. Is that the MVP? I think so. Just found a quick little uh, audio road trip diary here for you guys. Uh-oh. I've been in Illinois all weekend. Uh, my dad was put into the Sports Hall of Fame at my high school on Friday. Oh, wow. And I got to uh, hang out with uh, my co-host Derek and uh, one of our high school friends on Saturday. And the whole weekend's been going good, but now I'm... On a plane, and you know the snow rolled in uh, in the last uh, you know couple hours before my flight. And they said we were on time. They got us nice fully boarded, closed the doors, and then quickly announced that uh, we'll be delayed. Then a few minutes later, announced that it's mm -hmm. only a delay of at least an hour. I do believe the pilot used the term uh, "thunder snow." I guess they understand snow storms Thunder snow. Uh, this is why I never travel north anymore. Anyway, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll call back again, depending how long this delay is. And uh, let you guys know what kind of activity is happening on this uh, lovely Southwest flight. So I'm trying to get back to it, man. Well, I mean, not to diminish his troubles, that's not quite as bad as not having the creamer in the lounge. But it's still pretty bad. Thunder or, snow? That's pretty awesome. 
or running out of milk or having avocado toast not available. Well, those, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other level, you know, of, of, of inconvenience. So, yeah, you know, I'd like to recognize him for his courage and enduring his own mild inconvenience. I totally agree, you know, because the last time he went on a trip, he had delicious food and no issues. So when you're coming off a win like that, it's tough to take a loss like this. So <laughs> the poor guy's out there, man. He's doing it. He's, he's pushing through. Did you see the pictures that he posted of the snow? No, I didn't see any of that. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, I, don't even, I don't even like seeing snow. That's how much I hate cold weather. That's why you're going to love that indoor festival next week. <laughs> the, you mean the stay inside festival, Adam? That's the, that's the one. That's the one. Well, to, to, to your point, yeah. Keith, good luck. I feel your pain. And uh, hopefully you come through this all right. Yeah. We're with you, buddy. And with that, Adam, our next message. Hey there, Gravity Beards. This is Luke, and this is yes. how I talk. Hey, Luke. I love you Luke. will not believe what has been happening to me. Uh-oh. First of all, after I got off the ship, I said something about Mexicans invading. Why don't you call Trump? And um, <laughs> Homeland Security then, about five miles after I thought I was released, um, well, let's just say they have something that's called a colonoscopy-type machine where <laughs> basically it just makes sure that you don't have anything inside you, but it only goes halfway and meets the machine from the other side. And I, look, they're only done with the two cameras actually see each other in the center, and it's just <laughs> its not a good process, especially if you're away from it. Anyhow, so after that, I've had to you know, rent a car, and nobody would give me a car because I didn't have my passport. So I had this <laughs> scratch and dent place where I picked up a car for like 800 bucks. But of course, since I'm freezing my coo jiggers off, I had to go ahead and fix things on it. Well, it had some bullet holes and some rust, and most of the windows were there. But to make it legal for New Jersey, I had to do some fixing. Um, so I went down to Englishtown, New Jersey. I knew there's a lot of rotters there. And uh, I went, let's just put it this way. You know, when you're working on rust holes and you're trying to fill it in, and a flap disc goes and sands part of your thumb off, it makes it very difficult to get into <laughs> your accounts that have thumbprint recognition. Oh, no. <laughs> oh so, man. Anyhow, I'm back. I got this rust bucket going. I learned a lot from the bookmobile, so I, I was prepped for this. And nice. I'm starting to head south. At least I think I'm heading south. Something about Buffalo. Anyhow, Dunskis. Oh, no. <laughs> Luke. I'm not encouraged by that last thing that he said. Yeah. Well, I mean, but he did get his scratch and didn't fixed up. <laughs> but it sounded like it costed it cost him some of his fingerprints. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's losing bits of his identity one one stop at a time. <laughs> but not his spirit. He's not losing his spirit, and that's the main thing. The spirit will get you anywhere, anywhere, especially uh. jail. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I mean. I'm just going to keep saying, Luke, I can't wait till you get here. Me too, buddy. We we are rooting for you every stop along the way, foreign and domestic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so true. <laughs> All right, Adam, we have only two more messages left, and here is the first of those two. Hmm. 
Hey, fellas. This is LeBron James, and this is oh, how sweet. I talk. Hey, LeBron. I don't know if you noticed, but since I was so good at quitting in the regular season this year, <laughs> I didn't have to quit in the postseason. So it leaves me extra time to quit some other things. Before I left the house to run some errands today, I quit in the middle of getting dressed. So as a result, I'm wearing a shirt and socks, but no pants. <laughs> Next, I left half a basket of groceries in the middle of the store and walked out. <laughs> After that, I drove off while the gas was still being pumped in my car. It did major damage to the gas pump, sprayed gas everywhere, <laughs> and I drove all the way home with the handle and hose still attached to my car. And finally, the good news about missing the playoffs, I have more time for sex with my wife. We've had sex nine times in the last two weeks, but I've only finished three of those times. I quit the other six. I could list more, of course, but why? I'd rather quit this message, too. Dunskies. <laughs> <laughs> causing major damage to the phone. <laughs> and then he quits on his wife. Wow, you know what? It's just uh, I feel like that his uh his commitment to quitting is 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 pretty rock solid actually. It is unmatched. <laughs> no one has a resume of quitting quite like LeBron's. He might want to quit quitting, but I think that we might end up in a time loop. Well, the one stat that he shared at the end where he's, yeah. he's quit on his wife three out of nine times, that sounded familiar. I feel like he has another three out of nine stat. <laughs> do, you, I don't, do you remember what it was? Let's see. Let's look at the history of LeBron James. Um, the, only, the, the biggest one that sticks out of my mind is not the three out of nine times he, he ducked out on the check, but the three out of nine times that he won the playoffs. So, you know, that was his stat there. So I guess he only finishes 30% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's been to the finals nine times and only gotten the job done three times. That's right. That's pretty embarrassing. Unlike Michael Jeffrey Jordan. <laughs> Who took six trips to the finals and won the championship <laughs> all six times. And he even took a break in between. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm going to go play baseball. baseball for a couple of years and then come back and win another three titles. Yeah. Just like I never freaking left. <laughs> all right. LeBron, thank you for calling in. We always like to it's get an update on your quitting resume. Yep. Adam, that leaves only one more message from the hotline before we go on our break. Oh, perfect. And I think you'll be pleased. Here it is. What's happening, y'all? It's Peter the Vilvis. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! How you guys Woo. doing, man? Listen, I gave you my word. All right, I'm very busy today. This is going to be a short one. But oh. I gave you my word that I was going to call and give you some of my flaws. <laughs> Which I don't think are flaws, but other mm. people do. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> but that's right? not important, Peter. It's um, what you think. I don't know, man. You can pick this apart if you want. Or maybe you don't care. Maybe these things are not such a big deal. But I assure you, there are people in my life that think that this stuff is, is, is something that they got to get at me about. For instance. I can't imagine that. Mm, me either. I like apples, but I can't stand apple juice. Makes sense. All right? I, mean, hey, I can't stand it. And I like orange juice, but I hate oranges. All right? Okay. But All as right. soon as someone learns this about me, for some reason, somebody always try to freaking try to get me to drink some freaking apple juice. 
all right? <laughs> or try to give me a freaking orange, and I tell them, listen, why don't you freaking reverse it? What's the freaking big deal? Why don't you just give me a freaking glass of orange juice and an apple, all right? I don't want apple juice, and I don't want no freaking orange, all right? <laughs> 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 Sorry guys, I'm 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 arguing with an imaginary person that doesn't exist that's in front of me because I've had this freaking conversation with people so many freaking times, all right? And I'm getting sick and tired of it, man. <laughs> all right? So as time goes by, I'll give you a little bit more of some of my little uh idiosyncrasies that maybe you could pick apart because I I feel bad uh uh, uh you know, uh uh you know, getting on you guys about Stupid stuff that doesn't matter, and and like you know you don't know anything about me. You can't get at me, and I have a really big nose. <laughs> it's not that big, but it's big. And uh, what else? That's it, man. I gotta go. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff to do, but I'm gonna call you soon. I'll give you a better message than this. Um, I just wanted to leave you something because I I, I DM'd Adam yesterday. The Lord. <laughs> Nobody does that. <laughs> I DM'd him and I told him I was gonna leave something, so I left something. All right, and you know, uh, you know, uh, that's it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I didn't have nothing to say. I'll talk to you later. Peace, dude. I love when he does that. The Lord. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, I, I just had to disagree with him, which is rare, but um, I. <laughs> I find all his idiosyncrasies freaking awesome. <laughs> it's I Peter do too. Freaking to build this man. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would like to, you know, like have like you know, just maybe rip on him for something for the sake of doing it. But I don't know, dude. You make me laugh. I'm happy when you call. It's good to hear your voice. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a win all around. So you know what? Drink your <laughs> drink your orange juice and eat your apples, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you do you, man. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say, man. You do you. Peter, you were nothing but a delight to us. So That's so true. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't possibly come up with a criticism. No, no. This is way too fun. Way too fun. We was getting really close to our time to record. And I thought, man, I'd be really disappointed if we went into our extended break and hadn't heard from Peter DeVilbus. Well, and so you can only imagine how happy I was when I got his message. You know, that that opening woo <laughs> is like is like the most like energetic thing. You know, as he was talking, I was thinking, I'm like, man, you know, I really hope that I can get up to New York and hang out with this guy. Uh-huh. I'm afraid that I would not be able to keep up with this guy because he seems like the kind of person that is just so energetic and so such a live wire that he probably just runs circles around you and you would have no idea how to keep up. I just know that whenever whenever I hear, what's up, fellas, it's Peter DeVilbus, woo. Woo. Yeah. That, that is a sequence that couldn't possibly make me more happy. I know. You're 100% right. It, it's like this, what's happening, y'all? <laughs> oh, yes. It's Peter it comes. And, and then you just wait a half second because it's coming. <laughs> Woo. Woo. <laughs> and then you know what else? A laugh. And then the laugh, which I love just as much as the rest of it. 
But then after that sequence of four things, you have no idea where he's going. It's you, so just, true. you just know that you're going to love it. You just know that you're going to love it. It's like a kid getting in the car where your parents are like, hey, let's get in the car and go somewhere. You're like, great. Well, I know I'm going to love it. <laughs> right. It's going to be great, but I have no idea where we're going. I don't know where we're going, but I don't care. Yeah, because this is great. Yeah. All right. Well, those are all of our hotline messages. Thank you to everyone that called. Yeah. What a great like recap of the last couple of weeks. Boy, for sure. Now, Adam, mm-hmm. normally the hotline messages are the last things we do on our meeting agenda. Okay. But we have a bona fide mystery on our hands. Oh. I posted about it in the group last Friday. I've done some investigating and I'm ready to discuss my initial findings. Okay. But in an effort to keep this meeting from going even longer than it already has, I'm going to ask everyone to tune in to a special report that is available in the feed right now. Yes. And so with that, Adam, we have no further ado. And that means we've reached the conclusion of this week's staff meeting. Okay, so we have no more ado before the summer. No more ado. None whatsoever. Dang it. Okay. Like we've said a couple of times during the meeting, we are about to take an extended break. We will be back sometime in June. This is the first time, actually, since we started the show three years ago that we've taken extended time off. But consider this, listeners. This gives all of you a rare opportunity to catch up on back episodes of Gravity Beard. And you have over 200 to choose from. And to be fair, it's not that long of a hiatus. No, it's just going to be a few weeks, so nobody panic. And now, some brief credits before we go. The content of these meetings, in case you were wondering, is generated almost entirely by our talented team of interns. If you'd like to contribute to the show, we'd love to have you join the team. Just search Gravity Beard Interns on Facebook. It's where we have various serious conversations about the dumbest things ever. Call us on the hotline if you like. That number is 32146521280. If you enjoyed the show, please tell other humans about it. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum-level content, you can go right now to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. You can also find me on another fun show called Life is Messy with the lovely and talented Sarah Stapleton. Our theme song is Walking the Dog. Normally, we close with Above and Beyond, but instead, this is the Game of Thrones theme, the smooth version. Be sure to listen to the special report regarding the GBI mystery. For my dear friend and co-host, Lord Saunders, I'm your other co-host, Toph. This meeting is adjourned. Peace. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it podfixnetwork.com Okay, Adam. I just backed over my toe with my chair. <laughs> oh man, I wish everybody could have seen your face. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go any further. Wow. <laughs>